What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Just Friends. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry, and I'm very excited about our guest this week. You know, 2020 was definitely remarkable for most of us. The amount of money that I spent this year on DoorDash alone is worth mentioning somebody, probably. Um, Our guest spent a portion of his year protecting large crops of cannabis from raging wildfires. I imagine many of you listening could use a lot of those same words to describe your 2020 as well. Our guest this week is Chris Young. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He's back in Louisville, or at least he was when this episode was recorded, which was almost a month ago. I've been slacking a bit, but here's the deal. A lot of big changes have been happening in the Embry household, and we have a lot more on the way uh, for the future. And you'll learn about a few of those later in this conversation with Chris, actually. So no shit, guys. The beginning of this podcast might be the best story that has been told in any episode up to date. The closest thing that I had to expressing how I was experiencing it in my mind was smog from The Hobbit. And uh, it's always fun to catch up with Chris anyway, but this in particular was a super fun conversation and I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear it. Uh, But first, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate the show, review the show, please check out the website, www.justfriendspod.com. Um, If you keep an eye on that website, you'll notice some of those changes I was talking about happening over the next few months, Uh, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Um, For now, uh, I can't wait to share our conversation with Chris with you guys, so buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen, grab your fire extinguishers, and settle in for a riveting conversation with our friend, Mr. Chris Young. you're by yourself also yeah. so you bring your you bring people you like into your car you and know? exactly and so it feels almost like i'm a part of a conversation despite the fact that i'm not speaking and then when i'm like now my friends are coming through the speakers of my car it's like oh no I like i don't know yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. super fun and i also think about like those conversations will exist forever so like we listen to them now and it's like oh that's fun we're hanging out with like these people that we haven't seen in a long time but in like 20 years, I'll be able to especially be able to hang out with like an older version of myself yeah. who does not exist anymore, who has grown yep. and like look back and just like think about how things have changed and also reminisce about especially 2020 and just the year that it's been. Well, because I mean, it's been nuts. It really and It's funny because people are like 2020 sucks and, 20, and I'm like, yeah, it sucks, but it's not. That and then it and then it just really has evolved into like the absolute craziest year, you know. Even at the beginning of COVID, when it was spreading, I was like, "Oh, this is like the Ebola thing. Like mm-hmm. people are freaking out. Like, chill." And then, and then it became a little more serious. And I was like, "Oh shit, this might actually be a problem." And basically, so I rolled into. The, are we recording? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, when I rolled into the farm in March that's when all the lockdowns happened. So I was like mm. traveling out to the farm kind of, it was somewhat slowly. So I stopped in like Texas, um, hung out, uh, in Terlingua, which is like right on the Rio Grande, a little rafting community there. So I like, and big Bend national parks there. And so I explored that and I, anyways, but I was like kind of slowly taking my time 
And it was like, that was when the COVID stuff started. And so basically I rolled into the farm and everything shut the fuck down. Like it was just boom. And, and I didn't really, so I'm so remote on the farm. Um, it just really didn't affect COVID at first. Didn't affect me almost at all. Yeah. I wouldn't think it would. We had to change some of our products that we use. So we use, um, like pro mix. It comes from Canada. So we had to like change some of our soils or amendments that we were using. Um, just cause you couldn't have them shipped cause of the disease. Yeah. Exactly. So like, uh, yeah, exactly. They, they stopped, uh, lots of shipments coming from like Canada, China. We don't really use a lot of Chinese products, but so we, there was a couple changes, but it's like, you know, soil is soil and good soil is good soil, you know? So it was not really a big change. And so where I'm at, it's hard to explain how remote, um, it is. It takes me an hour and a half to go to a grocery store. Uh, Trinity County is technically the area that I live in. It's 10 times the size of Louisville. So counties out in California are huge. Uh, it's 10 times the size of Louisville, and it's the only county in all of California that doesn't have a stoplight in anywhere in the county. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and so it's super, super remote. There's When I left California in October, the end of October, there was three cases reported in Trinity County. Mm-hmm. So COVID didn't affect me. Yeah. And so like, it was almost this like false sense of security of like, oh yeah, like this is the best place to be. Like we are, I did, like we're being untouched. We're having a great year and we had built, uh, just completely rebuilt our uh, greenhouses. So we had like these banging ass greenhouses. Uh, we were all super stoked. It was like a big push in the beginning of the year, like a crazy amount of labor to get all this, um, all these greenhouses. Cause we had to like mix cement for like something like uh, 180 different posts, you know? So just that in itself. So these were going to be permanent at this point. They're permanent. Yeah. They're permitted. Um, you know, so we were doing it all completely right to make sure that it, we never had to redo them again. Yeah. Because you were redoing them every single season before, right? Because I would watch your Instagram videos. So we basically had, it's not that we were redoing them, it's kind of, but a lot of the infrastructure was there. We just had to kind of like break them down. Exactly. 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 Um, But actually, to be fair, (laughs) yeah, I guess we actually did. We did build them back the first year, but it was like those temporary, we used temporary ones. So we did have to like kind of replace them again. So I guess we did kind of build them, but they were like, janky not very good ones gotcha they were like uh 10 feet wide and i could like touch the ceiling of them these are like 14 foot centers and Mm. 20 feet wide you know and uh so we were super stoked on the season and then poured a bunch of concrete yeah and it was a good year everything was going great we were pretty stoked and then 2020 happened to me you know it was my version of 2020 and the fires really rolled in. And so like, literally, literally. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. So the August complex fire is the one that hit us. It's the largest fire in California history. It was just over a million acres. I think, um, the one previous to that, which was the largest before that was only 400, I say only, but it was, (laughs) yeah, it was a 450,000 acres. So this one more than doubled the last largest one. And I, Ironically enough, I lived directly next to that other fire too yeah. at that time, which is in another part of, it's like hours away. I had lived, uh, that's where I was living at the time. And so like I, 
you know, to wake up and you just see like the wall of smoke, you know, it was pretty normal. I'd go to the grocery store and I'm just seeing like, and it's like, all right, another day in California. Hmm. So what really the August complex fire, it was, a, it was actually like at one point it was like three or four different fires that all kind of converged. And then it was just, they actually had to, they actually kept them labeled as different fires so that they could manage them better. So mm. they would like, you know, these crews are on this fire, these crews are on the, although it's one big fire. Yeah. Um, so one day we get, basically I get the call. I, I'm driving on the quad on our driveway and I look up and I just see a plume of smoke that looks like a, it was a mushroom cloud really. Mm-hmm. It was like, it looked like a bomb was dropped and I look up, I was like, oh, fuck. And you guys had, I'm assuming you had been kind of, you'd known that there was fires all around. So you were just hoping at this point that they weren't coming towards you, I guess? No. So at this point, this was like the first. Oh, so these fires had not even started in this area yeah, at all yet. Yeah. That was a lightning strike that had started that. And that gotcha. was, I may be wrong, but I think it was probably six or seven miles away. I mean, but other parts of California were, were on fire. Were on fire yeah, time, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Everybody's heard about the gender reveal fire. Mm-hmm. That's not ours. That yeah, was down in you. San Bernardino uh, in the South. Uh, so that one wasn't ours. But um, so I see this big plume of smoke and I kind of look off into the distance. I'm like, oh shit, that's not good. You know, um, but you don't want to freak out. You know, you're like, all right, that's not good. But uh, until I hear something, I go about my day. About two hours later, I get a call and he's like, so we need to start evacuating um, or, or there's a fire close. Let's not freak out, but we need to work out a plan for evacuation uh, because we have some non-essential workers there like that weren't growers. So basically you have to have people have to manicure uh, the cannabis after it's been harvested and stuff. So they're there helping us. Um, we get everybody else off the farm. That's not a grower. Like, so it's me, the helper, and my boss. And he, um, so we started creating a plan. And then it was like three hours. He's like, all right, we need to execute this plan. I was like, all right, cool. So I start, we start loading stuff up, loading quads onto the trailers, uh, making sure all the dogs are, you know, where they need to be. And we start the evacuation, but then they kind of built a containment line. And so it, uh, it was actually at that point we weren't really freaked out. You know, there's a shit ton of smoke just so basically it's like when the fire starts, it all, it's like white plumes of smoke pushing mm-hmm. up into the air. And how close did the lightning strike to where you were at? About five or six miles. Five away. miles. Okay. Yeah. So you were seeing this huge plume of smoke for miles. And away. how long before you saw it, did it, ha- did it actually begin? Do you have any uh, idea? I think it started that morning. Really? And so I it was, saw and you it. saw yeah. it that, oh crap, okay. Because, so where I'm at in California, it's basically you have a, a wet season and a dry season mm-hmm. and it's like six months of no rain. So when, right before the, the rainy season hits, you get all these storms that don't produce a lot of rain. Gotcha. But a lot of lightning. Gotcha. And so we're seeing this, um... And so we start the evacuation, but then basically we realize they've built a containment line. We're a few miles away from a lake. And so the lake creates a great containment line. Mm-hmm. They contained it to the south of us and then it's all moving west. So it's like, okay, we're, we're good. We kind of start going back, back on like our daily duties and uh, for a couple weeks. 
we're still there. It's like every morning you kind of wake up. It's like, you don't know what the, you're almost looking for a weather report, except mm-hmm. it's like smoke. You know, you wake up and you're like, today's a bad one. You know, yeah. it's like you're wearing masks and like uh, trying to hide from the smoke. So we set up like carbon filters and stuff in a room uh, with fans to like fill, have like one room that's like smokeless mm. to take breaks. And um, I mean, it's like smoking, it's like smoking a cigarette all day yeah it's like it'd be the equivalent of like lighting a cigarette and smoking it and then lighting another cigarette as soon as it's done yeah and doing that the entire day and that's just imagine it's harsh too like coughing a lot all all time yeah it's like you walk up a hill and you're like (gasps) yeah feel it and how's that affecting like the cannabis like the crop is that it it gets a it smells like smoke it smells like it we were making the joke that the new hype strain is campfire og or (laughs) you know like the ash plant you know yeah and then, um, so, but we weren't super worried about that at that point. Cause like even a few days of that isn't going to like yeah. permanently damage it and for it too long. And can't do anything about it. And it's, that's a, exactly it. You know, you got to deal with it. And when you think about that, it's like, it's the largest fire. Uh, we live in basically the area. I, I don't know if there's actual statistics on this, but I'd have to assume my area produces more cannabis than any other area in the U S mm-hmm. it's called the Emerald triangle. Right. You know, um, if ours smells like smoke, everybody's, everybody else everybody's is going gonna to smell do. like smoke. So For it's sure. like, it kind of balances out. So what we, so basically we went about our daily duties. The, it was contained. We're not even worried at this point. We're like, ah, I think we're good. I think we're good. So then what happens though, what happened is, um, they create these like spiral columns moving upwards, you know, so the fire's raging. Like hot air, like, it, a, like a tornado of fire. Exactly. Uh, yeah, actually. I've yeah. seen videos of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so then, um, that's on the other side of the lake from us. And you can see it. Can you see we, it? No, no, no. We couldn't oh, see it. We man, couldn't see man, it. That would, I would have uh-uh. been in my pants. No, we couldn't <laughs> see it at all. <laughs> um, and then. Um, so what happened is it's windy, all this stuff is happening, these columns are creating, and then the weather conditions changed and it basically, the wind stopped and the column collapsed. And so it falls kind of like a tree and it fell really? over the lake. Cause and it's like, it's not just air. I, I imagine it's like debris that's on fire and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like coals flying, oh you know, hush. And because it's moving upwards and like a tornado, the wind fuels that and makes it hotter and hotter and hotter, hotter. And it moves up and up and up and up. And then it, the wind stopped or whatever it was. And it just collapsed and fell over like a giant log and jumped the lake and jumped the lake. Holy exactly. Shit. And so that was, that's when it was like, all right, there isn't, it's, it's going to hit us. Yeah. The question is, how long will it hit us? Or how long does it take before it hit us? Right. How far away was the lake? It's about, it's hard to tell because it takes about 40 minutes to get to the lake. Yeah. But you're driving through the mountains. Right. So like as the crow flies, I think it's only like four miles from us. Maybe three. It was there when it jumped the lake. So the time frame gets a little murky because it was like. Time to go. And it was high stress. Yeah. You know, so you're not worried about like, oh, today's. Someday, right? You know, uh, so uh, I think that happened in a more in the morning, and by nightfall. Um, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So basically, 
if it collapses over the lake and it's like at this point it's now a win. So we start getting everything out. It starts getting uh as the night starts to get uh, to come the everything's glowing. Everything's glowing around you in a giant circle. Oh my gosh. I mean it's like uh, uh you know what you would imagine hell. Yeah. You know I mean it's just red. And so so ominous. Yeah. And so I f- I drive to where our greenhouses that are there's a little hill that I can go up and I'm looking across the valley and I'm like, Oh, the fire is right there. And so we load up our stuff. So wait a second, let me stop you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. what's it like is, I mean, it's like a line almost, right? Everything behind the line is pretty much burnt, but on the line, there's still actually fire, right? How high does it get? Is it low to the ground or does it actually get pretty high up? So and they're probably, trees yeah exactly burning just exactly so the thing is um so everything burns but it 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 burns really 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 hot and then it doesn't just like go out after that it still burns so just to put it in perspective i left probably about a month after the whole fire thing there was stuff still burning on our farm by the time I left. Oh my gosh. Just because, like smoldering. Because what happens is the when the trees catch, they go down into the roots. And because it's like <sighs> this, it creates like this oven, it slowly burns for month, like a month. I'm not kidding. Like we were still a month later. I'd be like, oh, let's put out that stump. It's starting to catch fire again. But so yeah, it does. It burns real, real hot. And so it's all pine out there. It's mm-hmm. all. And so what happens is, the pine dries out and the branches start curling down at the bottom. And so those are like super, super dry and now closer to the ground. And so as the fire moves through the brush, uh, like the ground, so the stuff on the ground burns really, really hot and then it'll burn around the tree, but it doesn't actually catch the tree trunk on fire. It'll catch these branches. And then what happens, it's, it's called crowning. It's the needles all, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's yeah, exact instantaneously. It just like and, Christmas tree fires in the sixties. Now imagine, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now imagine millions. It, it, exactly, exactly. Millions as, of trees. as far as your eyes can see, God. all of it going. And so, when I drive out of the farm, there's a a buddy of mine that lived across the valley from it. So, uh, we live in a valley in a mountain. So we. It's basically our farms on one side of uh, like towards the bottom, but our whole farm is basically on the side of a mountain. Like, so our whole farm is a slope. So I drive down, drive out to evacuate. And I'm literally looking at where basically my buddy's house is. And I'm looking at like 200 foot columns of flames. Just everywhere. Cause it, as it moves up a mountain too, though it gets windier. And so it grabs it, the, the wind blows grabs the fire and makes it hotter and hotter. And as it goes up, it gets bigger. And so I'm like, oh shit. Like, I'm pretty sure he's going to lose his house for the second he had lost his house five years ago in a fire. And, um, and so I left that night. It was this really, really surreal thing of like, I'm looking at the farm and like, this is the last time I'll see it. You know, this could be it. Like I may not, it could be, I have no idea what to expect. I'd never really, um, like I'd been around fires the forest fires, like I'd seen them in, in California, but I'd never been in them, you know? And so I leave 
And it was like this really surreal moment of like, well, this might be it. Like I might, this might be the last time I'm ever really on this farm in this capacity. And so we go home. Well, I say home, our boss's place. We go back to his place. He lives like 15 miles away. I live on the farm. Mm -hmm. My house is the farm. And so he lives a little bit away. So it was, it was actually really nice to have that location to go to. So it was basically kind of like refugee camp. He was basically anybody in the area that needs a place, park your camper, bring your tents, whatever. And it was, it was like refugee camp that first night, like 15 people, (laughs) you know, houseless. And, and so we're just kind of like this, it's almost like I'll make a couple comparisons to like soldiers through this. I'm not a soldier. I don't want to like take any away from like, you know, but it is like 15 people that are losing their shit. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know if we're going to have, we just evacuated to this place that might also just now get evacuated. Yeah. Because the fire's moving in our direction still. So you might have to move soon. Again, you know? And so. It makes me think of like a, like a fantasy novel that I would have read or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like night of the, like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like everybody, like, like we might all die. Yeah. Not literally like that's a little bit exaggerated, but it's like, but like doom is right there. Right. You know? We're setting on the edge of disaster, essentially. Right. And so it's like this weird, we're laughing, but it's also this like sad, like, yeah. oh, fuck us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next morning, me and my boss, nobody else wanted to go. Me and my boss, we drive back to the farm when we're not supposed to be. We go back to the farm and it surprisingly, like it moved really, really fast, but I guess the conditions of the wind kind of slowed down. And so it really didn't make it to our farm. Like when I drove out of our driveway, at the bottom of my driveway, I'm looking at 200 foot columns of flames right there. And so I just assumed by morning time, our whole farm is going to be burned down. We come back and it had basically just came to the site. Like we're driving through and it's like driving through a war zone. Everything's on fire. You're literally, I'm literally driving through. We're like, stuff's falling and st- and and so did you see animals fleeing all over the place yeah. all over the place uh just on that first night of evacuation yeah i saw three foxes wow on the drive to the to the house um mountain lions you see anything like that not then i have seen one mountain lion before yeah. like just its tail end i really did i say i saw a mountain lion but i didn't really so i saw right. like it disappearing into the woods and i want to get some clarity on something you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier it was dark but did it feel like nighttime? I bet it was everything illuminated. Yeah. yeah like, it was, I could see. So like I'm telling you when it's remote, when it's dark out there, black, you, you can't see, you can't see your hand in front of your face without a light unless it's full moon. Like if it's not, if it's like no moon, you can't mm-hmm. see anything. Right. And, um, so yeah, it is. It's like, um, oh, it was, it's really hard to articulate, but it was like being in hell. It was like literally being surrounded by fire. Everything's yeah. red or orange. Yep. Smoke is in the air. It's red or orange. Yep. It's it's making me scared kind of thinking it's, about it. It, it was, was it frightening. How did you feel? Scared. Yeah. Um scared, but like I'm here, so I have to like I'm doing my stuff. Right. You know, there's nothing there's no other options. Right. And so and you felt safe. You weren't going to die. Right. You, you knew that you could make at a move. that time. I felt safe. Yeah. There was times when you didn't feel safe. Well, further on in the story. So okay, I'm we sorry. went, no, 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 you're good. Yeah. You're good. Um, we went, 
you were asking me what it looked like, and it was this weird, beautiful. It was like super beautiful, but like also this is pure destruction. You know, it's like the saddest beauty I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you ever saw my picture. There's a picture of the galaxy and the glow of the fire. So I've got a picture of the Milky Way, yeah, with the gl- with the oh, red glow man. of the fire underneath. I've I've probably seen it, but I but I didn't appreciate it as much as I would in this moment. And so I um so we went back. It's mostly it's burning the bottom side, but it hasn't even got to our greenhouses yet. And so me, I'm not a I don't know how to fight wildfires. <laughs> I'm that's not my in my wheelhouse, right? So we get back and we basically we see that it's coming up and we're like, all right, cool. We're going to try to, we're going to try to slow this thing down. We hooked up hoses to our well, uh, uh, to the generator of our well, started pumping water and just like kind of standing there with like a hose feeling like a dumbass. you know, we're like, we're spraying. It's like the fire, the forest is just, yeah. And we're like with a hose, <laughs> but that is really how you do it. Well, that's all you have, yeah, right? That's exactly. Have. I, I have a fun story. I'll tell you later about that, but I don't want to interrupt you because this no, is no, amazing. No, good. Um, but the, um, there's that picture. Um, yeah. What did you take this with? Uh, it's, I have a, it, it's Sony a seven R three. It's a, okay. it's a mirrorless, fo- it's like a professional right. grade camera. Yeah, mirror- yeah. I'm, fam- I'm sort of familiar with it. My sister does yeah. a little bit of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen her stuff. Now, actually. could you capture this photo no. with a phone? Well, of course not with a phone, Okay, but with just with your eyes, is it very, it's similar to what you're seeing with your you eyes? You can see the Milky Way. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would actually say that's pretty close. So I'll edit my photos, but I try to never edit it to an unrealistic level. I see. I don't ever want to take it to something that's impossible to actually see. Because I've never seen a sky like this in my life. Not in real oh, life. Oh, yeah. So the Milky Way is not a little more pronounced in that picture than, mm-hmm. than maybe in real life. It looks like dust is all it really looks yeah. like. Yeah. It looks like a cloud, like really- A cloud. A con- cloudy and like a condensed, like a- the stars are real condensed. Yeah, so you, well, like, yeah, because you nailed it. What that is is actually just stars that are further away than the other stars that you're yeah, looking at. Exactly. I like to think about the size of the universe and and huh. and feel like, why do I even exist? <laughs> why do I even do anything? I like to think about it. I'll simultaneously gets freaks me out. Yeah, but this is a beautiful picture. Goodness gracious. Um, and we can post that on the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll send that to you or whatever, so you can post it on the uh, podcast account or whatever. Yeah. But um, they, uh, so we go back, we start, and then we fight for a few hours. We go back home. We're like, we think this is stupid. We kind of uh, like, <laughs> did you feel helpless? You helpless can't, you can't as do shit. Anything. And yeah. we didn't know what to do at that. Right. At that point, we had zero idea of what to do. So then, let me tell you what to do. You get towels and you soak them <laughs> with water. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> no, I don't know what to do either. So well, you can't, there, there is nothing you can do. Well, there is. Really? Okay. We just don't know what it is at this point. So basically, uh, we then went back home again, kind of just like, so actually in that moment, we're, we're there with the hoses and then I literally, so they don't, uh, when the smoke's so bad, they don't fly. So like uh, generally when the fires are happening, you'll see the, uh, like big DC 10s. And you guys had a lake nearby. So was yeah. there helicopters dipping the bags and stuff like that? But when it gets so smoky, they can't they fly. They can't do it's it. It's dangerous. It causes more problems because they wreck, which causes right. more fires. In, yeah. Lives in danger too. Exactly. Yeah. And so they don't fly. And I literally, I get confused because I hear this noise and I'm like, is, is there a helicopter above us? And I'm literally thinking that it's 
directly above me. And he's like, no, 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 they can't fly. And then I was like, yeah, no, but what the fuck is that? And he just kind of like paused and he's like, dude, is that a helicopter? I think there's a helicopter. And it's just the sound of the forest burning. It's so loud. The wind just whipping. No. So the, when it crowns, it sucks so much air that it literally sounded like a freight train. So what you're talking about earlier when the trees crown, this is just hundreds of trees all doing that like right at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. That's what, and so it, because when one goes, they just it, all go exactly. Around. Yeah, exactly. And so, like a match whoosh, through an entire forest. Perfect. Holy shit, that's terrifying. Except it's a giant match. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant match with a match head that's like a hundred foot the tall, size of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so, at this point, we're like, all right. We look down the ridge and we see it coming up the ridge with a vengeance. Like it is moving. <laughs> fast we drive up to where the greenhouses are and so there's a tree line that you can see where our flat is it's like a hundred something and the, we see the flames licking above it but off in the distance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so at that point we're like we look at each other it's like we leave right like there's nothing to do here now like we can't stop this <laughs> and so oh and to also uh that first evacuation i immediately went and bought a sick ass chainsaw. <laughs> like I was like, I'm gonna go grab a chainsaw. You get a steel. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna buy like six, like six or seven hundred dollars. I'll buy a chainsaw. Oh yeah. Spent fifteen hundred on. It. Oh yeah, dude. My dad has a chainsaw. With, I think it's like a a forty inch, uh, but forty inch bar. Bar. Yeah. It might even be longer because what he does is he he we have they own a little bit of acreage and okay. he has big trees and he makes boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mills the mills, mills the wood. He's got a chainsaw mill. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. So I bought, like the guy knew, I told him, I was like, he's like, so what are you, are you using this like commercially or is this like just a private, I was like, uh, our farm's burning, you know? (laughs) And he's like, all right, this is what the hot shots use. And that's he saw, he knew what to say there. And so then he's like, yo, you want the max airflow? You want to get the light bar? I was like, yes, yes, yes. So I walk out with this sick ass chainsaw. (laughs) And he got, got it. Yeah. Oh no. yeah. That thing's amazing. I'll never get, get rid of that thing. And so even the, uh, later on, even the firefighter, the guy who's running the chainsaws for this unit of firefighters looks at it and goes, holy shit, that's a badass chainsaw. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What's that's up, right, man? bro. Yeah. You know, I, you know who I am, bro? Maybe one day you could be as cool as me. <laughs> uh, hey, when this is all over, we'll talk about chainsaws. Yeah, I'll teach you how to use this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know how to run a chainsaw, but it was like my first time actually owning my own. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, yeah, 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 it's no big deal. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, but uh, so we are just like, all right, we're out. And we left. And it's again, one of those things like... Well, I guess that's it. You know, we're eating dinner and we get a call from somebody that basically owns the adjacent property to ours. And he's, he used to work for the forestry service. He's a logger. It's his, he had just lost his other property in that fire. And he he showed us pictures and it's dust. Wow. The whole thing. His other place is dust. Gosh. There is not, I mean, it, wiped it off the face. And what did he use it for? Did he have a farm or was he, was he growing or was he like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, um, so he calls us and he's like, hey, I'm out here. I'm going to be fighting it. And we're like, my boss, it goes, 
cool. We're going, we're, I'll, I'll be out there. And I was like, what you're going back. He's like, yeah. I was like, cool. And this is like 8 PM, 9 PM at this point. We'd just been out there all day, uh, trying to fight it. And he, we go out there middle of the night. We're, what are you expecting to find? No idea. You didn't have a clue. I have, I knew it was going to be. It could be on fire at that moment yep. or it could be gone or it could be. And there's no idea. It yeah. was on fire. <laughs> Fuck. It was, there's a video of me in the back of a truck that I'm recording us driving up the driveway. And, and it's just like, literally looks like hell. Like mm-hmm. you, everywhere you see, there's just pockets of fires going on. And that's the calm part mm-hmm. because it had already burned and moved up the mountain. And so that's like the chill fire. And then we get up there and it's just like, I mean, there was a part we're just gunning it because we're afraid trees are going to be falling on us. Mm-hmm. Like things are collapsing in the road. Holy crap. And so we drive up there and basically that's where I got a crash course in firefighting. It's yeah. Like, this is what we do. We run hoses, you run, you create scratch lines, which is like you basically dig line. They call them different things. You basically literally just cut any, if you, if there's a tree in the way, you cut it down with a chainsaw. You dig out the roots, you scrape, it's basically, it's like a hoe, like a garden hoe, mm-hmm. except meant for firefighters, so it's aggressive and it's big. Right. And, um, wooden handles, you want wooden handles because the plastic handles will melt. So you just scrape the earth away. And so that when the fire comes up to it, it doesn't, it just loses fuel. There's nothing mm-hmm. else to burn. Mm-hmm. And so it stops there. Um, you have to watch those lines cause it can burn through the roots underneath or say, yeah, exactly. Fall over the so top of it then too, what yeah. you're doing is looking for spot fires. So any of the embers that fall down into it, you immediately go over and just stomp it out, pour water on it. Um, throw dirt on it. I imagine. Exa- well, we thought that was a good idea. Um, but it just smolders underneath. Oh. And so then it pops back up. Because everything's still so dry. Even the dirt is dry. Yeah. I'm used to thinking about Kentucky dirt, which yeah. is moist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exa- yeah. So it literally just creates an oven and almost makes it even hotter. Mm-hmm. And so that's was our first. But realize, so like, if you don't have water, if there's an ember and it just creates a little spot, you just dig a little line around it. Makes sense. You know? And so... You know, we basically going in, I had no idea. And I was so, yeah, we have no idea what's going on. We basically get a crash course. There's a video of me and it looks stupid because it's this little spray nozzle. And I'm just like (laughs) spraying the fire out with this like shitty little hose. And it looks like it's doing nothing, but it's stopping it. It's not progressing forward anymore. And so it actually did a lot. It, despite the fact, and so there wasn't enough hands to really do a lot of scratch lines because we're literally trying to defend an area that's acres. Right. Yeah. So we couldn't dig a line around it if we wanted to. Right. Unless you had like a hunt army of people. Exactly. And that's what the, so. Do you have a tractor? Um, It's really hard land. No, we don't have a tractor, but it's really hard land to even access. Because it's so it's steep. Terrain, yeah. The terrain is just not accessible. Other than like the established roads. It's mostly wooded, I imagine, yeah. also. Too. And it's just collapsed wood that's just never been handled right. for 20, 30, 40 years. And every time it's caught on fire in the past, we've done our best to keep it from doing exactly, exactly. what it's doing right now. Yeah. And so, so let me ask, was there an area, was there a space that you were most particularly concerned about conserving? 
I guess just all the areas you were growing on. The weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the weed. That's number one. Dude, I just totally like get. save the weed. Everything else is whatever. Replaceable. It, exactly. By the weed. Yeah. The weeds are, yeah. And, uh, Ex- yeah. One, I get one million it. percent. And if our greenhouses burn down, then we can't grow weed in those greenhouses anymore. So it's weed in greenhouses. And um, there's, so we're at 9 p.m. We went there. And this is like after I'd been fighting it during the day. I'm already tired and we show up at 9 p.m. We stayed there till 6 a.m. all night fighting the fire. And at this point, that's when I was like genuinely worried for my life. Like genuinely, genuinely. I was scared as Because you knew you couldn't get back out again. You'd already driven down the roads. You've seen what those look like. And that's so what we did is we left one, we left the shittiest truck at the top where we are. We drove all of our other vehicles down at the bottom where it had already burned. And our, we basically created a plan. If shit hits the fan, we hop in the truck, we drive down. If the truck can't make it because there's trees in the road, we get on foot and we run down the mountain. Yeah. And I, I've got these big like shit stomping boots on, you know, like, so. Do you buy chainsaw chaps? Yep. I got yep. chaps. Yep. Um, and I've, I've got Kevlar gloves, which is like good for the fire. Makes sense. I mean, you're already working on a farm. So. Yeah. So I had some of the material. I had a hard hat. You know, which is a lot of the danger are falling trees. Yeah, I imagine. And so we had basically set our plan out. It's like if, and I know the terrain. So luckily it's one of the things, the, one of the things that gave us security in that, between that first and second evacuation of that, like two weeks was that they were after that first evacuation, they immediately started putting a base camp in our Valley about a mile away from our place. So it was like, if shit absolutely hits the fan. I can't get into any truck. Run to the base camp. They'll protect you. You know, they're not going to let you die or get to the road. There's going to be a fire truck there. And so we fight it all night and there's three. So they don't tell you about the noises. So I've already told you about the, the helicopter like sound. Winds. Yeah. It literally was like a freight train and a jet engine right Like a tornado. To That's what they say tornadoes yeah. sound like is a freight train. Yeah. I mean, from me, from me to you, I would have to yell because it's so loud. Were the winds really strong on the ground too? So, so it's not actually the wind. It's the, it's just that the fire is burning and it's consuming yeah. air. Well, the so hot air cre- is being pulled up. Yeah. So it is so it's creating not like a natural wind. wind. Yeah, yeah. But I get it. I it see, is I get like it. literally sucking the oxygen to fuel the fire. Whoosh. Yeah. Like the, a jet engine. Like exactly one, like a yeah. jet engine. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. And then there's, the, the, so we have big tree. I'm right next to the redwoods. Like, so just in general, our trees are massive out there. Like, uh, this, you know, those giant pine cones that are like yeah. a foot and a half. <laughs> yeah. Those, the pine trees that produce those are on our farm. Oh, that's cool. And so they're huge trees. And so the sound of those collapse, it takes like 15 seconds. So what one of them collapsed next to my trailer where I was, where I was asleep and, um, I wasn't in it, but, it takes so long because it cracks, cracks, cracks. It builds yeah. like this, this energy and then it collapses, but it's falling onto other trees and it literally like breaks them like toothpicks into pencil. It's just, like, you know, and you hear these and it is constant that first night of the fire. Cause by the time they're collapsing, they've been burning for a while. Too, forever. Right? Yeah. And so the, that's the second noise that is just absurdly loud. And it's happening everywhere, right? Everywhere. Everywhere. All over the place. And then uh, 
I don't know how true this is, but somebody was telling me there's like a madrone, the madrone tree holds a little bit more water. And so, um, to survive the dry parts. And so it literally boils the existing water inside and makes the trees explode. Oh, dude, I a hundred percent can believe that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but I 100% can and believe so it. Literally. And then aside from that actual real explosion. So we're so far from, we don't have electric on our farm. There's no electrical lines where we're at or on our place. There's no poles there. And so it's explode. So everybody has propane tanks and some of them are like the industrial that are, uh, it's like a propane tank the size of this room that we're in. And those like even just a, every trailer will have a smaller propane tank and they explode like literally like concussive grenade. So at this point we're all alone. There's no firefighters at where we're at. And so that's why we were out. We weren't supposed to be out there. Right. Um, but you were, prote- I mean, you're, you're protecting yours. You yeah. got to be out there. Well, yeah. The cops viewed it very differently. Well, I had to, the government we've learned in 2020 yeah, doesn't is care. Bullshit. About it doesn't give a shit about us, but they, um, so it's basically, I mean, I am running up and down a mountain. So at this point we're protecting it from coming inwards, but we're also doing spot fires. So like if a spot fire got like one of those embers fall into the middle of our line that we're trying to contain, then it spreads outwards. And then that's like, it's not only defeats our purpose, but it's like fire can sneak up behind us Yeah, and then we get trapped. So that's what we're really worried about. I'm like super scared. I'm, I'm really keeping it. It's one of those moments. Like I am really, really scared. It's really, really dangerous. But it's one of those, you can't think. You're acting. Yeah. It's like, this is what needs to be done. We're doing it. And if you panic, you probably die. When, ex- that's it. You know? And so there's actually one of our guys who was a big help. He did a kick-ass job, but he was freaking out. Yeah. There was points, we gotta go, we gotta go. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> grab, a, grab a hose, you know? <laughs> shut the, and he's, uh, so we're trying to keep him busy, trying yeah. to not, like, not get him to freak out. And um, That would have probably been me. <laughs> I would have been that guy. I, Cannot blame anybody for that. You right. Know, like I, I understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was there, but internally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so we're, it's like the most exhausting cause you can't breathe. I mean, and at this point it's like the densest smoke you can imagine. It, you actually can lay down on the ground because it's like, you know, in a house fire, you get down low. It's mm-hmm. like the same, we're so close to the fire. It's like you, if you needed a, a breath, just laid on the ground for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And so you can't breathe. We're running up and down not friendly to it's a mountain so it's steep grades and it's torrential or it's a not friendly terrain i'm wearing massive boots i'm exhausted already so basically lugging around a big old heavy ass badass chainsaw at this so at this point i don't really have the chainsaw gotcha. i'm not really You're using, mostly using the hoe yeah <laughs> hose and hoe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, i was telling you at this is there's a spot fire like that's way down in the wood there's not even access to water there. So we're like, I'm like sprinting through the forest in these boots, trying to run down a mountain with bucket gallon, five gallon buckets of water to put out this fire that's spreading beneath us that we're worried that's going to catch us uh, from the backside. And that's when I told you, I saw that wall of fire coming up the mountain and it literally, I mean, I have a picture. There's like a black spot, like six inches from that building. And we stopped it right there. Like we directly saved that building. So, so is the, that what happened? So you saw this spot fire coming from back from behind you guys. Yep. And you ran over and caught it just yeah, before we it drove, consumed we actually, the whole building. Yeah. So we, yeah, we drove down there at that point. I see. 
Because no I'm, I'm trying to visualize this in my head. It's hard. It's acres. A- 20, it's 20 acres. Tw- okay, 20 acres. Yeah. On so, a mountainside, though. Right. It's not a 20-acre field. And there's not road access to all of it. No. No, no, no. There's yeah. one basically established driveway that goes through the middle. And you're basically running off of that into yes, the woods. Yes, exactly. And so we're trying to run hoses from whatever water sources we have. But then what happens is, because we're off grid, it's not, it's like black it's like a, a black polyline. So it's like a think, think like a th- really thin black PVC pipe that's bendable. Okay. It's melting. Oh God. And so then it's like, okay, that's our, wa- our water source is gone now. You know? So it's like you go to use a hose or so sometimes it's like from the well. So I was telling you that all of our water is pumped from the earth. It's all from a well. And so we're, sometimes it's like the well works, but we don't have, you have to have a tank to put it in to be able to use that water, but the line between the well and the tank is now gone. So whatever's in that tank, that's it. That's all you got. And at the end of that tank, so then you're like trying to conserve, every, you're only trying to use water when you absolutely need the water. Right. And so it's this, it's so hectic. It's like, oh, we don't have water. Fucking, you know, you're yelling at people. It's a war. It's a war against fire. Yeah. Yeah. One million percent. And then, um, basically it gets to a point where I'm having trouble. I'm trying to like, remember the timeline of everything, I, but it's like six in the morning. I'm having, I haven't eaten and like the f- smoke really takes away your appetite. So it makes you sick to your stomach. Mm. So like I'm running up and down. Lightheaded, nauseous uh, a little bit. Exactly. I'm feeling so bad. I'm having trouble putting one foot in front of another. I'm like, all right, this is almost dangerous now. Like Dizziness. It, <sighs> if the fire did think, I don't know if I could outrun it, you know? And so... We go home, I sleep for an hour and a half, and we go right back. Damn. And then we, again, all day we're there. And so it's like 36 to 48, probably 48 hours solid with like an hour of sleep. I'm like delirious at this point, but um, we save that building. I come back the next morning after the sleep and they're fighting it because it's about to hit another cabin, like probably the best cabin that was on the property. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask when you went back, some people stayed. So were you working in like shifts or did everybody oh, no, no. leave? So that time at six in the morning after we had fought it all night, we all left. Really? It's like, that must've been terrifying. Did you yeah. feel like you were giving up? Did it feel like we, there's just, we you had to stop. We didn't have in another ounce of energy to give. Like you we had to. had to, you gave in everything. Yeah. And so it was just like, and so we slept like an hour and a half, went back. Um, my boss actually went back before me. And so he calls me. He's like, you need to bring this, this, this. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll be there in a bit. I come. They're fighting it from coming to the cabin. And so I, we, we start that fight. At this point, I am. I'm using the chainsaw. I'm cutting trees down. I'm, we're digging scratch lines. Are those trees on fire when you're cutting no, them down? No. So some of these were logs that I was trying to buck up or like cut up into sections and move because the the fallen logs burn real, real hot and like, mm-hmm. like coals and stuff. So I'm trying to get those out and cutting down the small trees. So it's like, actually you want to cut down the smallest trees first. Cause those are the most likely to catch on fire. Like mm-hmm. a big giant massive tree won't completely catch Makes on sense. the trunk won't catch on fire. That makes sense. And so, but the small ones create really good fuel to catch the big ones. on. So you're cutting all those trees down and then it is just like, again, a constant fight. And then all of a sudden it is like a war movie. And we're just so defeated, but still going like we're on 
no energy, but where it's like, there's nothing we can do. We have to keep going. Yeah, your livelihood is at stake. Literally. And my, like my, I thought I was like, if I don't do this, I mean, it was my career. Right. You know, it's like, if this all burns down, I, my career is over almost. I, and so it comes to a point where it's, we're just so exhausted. We're trying, I mean, I'm like digging a scratch line, I'm using the hoe and I'm scratch. <laughs> and I do like two more minutes of work. And, and that's it. And I, that's all I can do. I'm, to every ounce and, of energy. And you're fit. You're a fit yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fat person. Somewhat. I went for a hike the other day. I, was, <laughs> I, I can go 100% relate to how you were feeling that moment from this hike. And so <laughs> it's like, then I, I hear a noise and it's this massive truck driving up the driveway and it was a fire engine. And it was that moment of like, it felt like... um when the riders of Rohan in yeah. the yes. two towers came over that yes. hill and Gandalf's at the front with the fucking yes. staff. It's all lost. We're definitely about to lose this. There's nothing we can do. We're defeated. No matter how hard we try, we're going to lose this fight. And then Gandalf showed up, you know, you're like, <gasps> and it was, I basically collapsed like the, so the guy, that's when the, the firefighter comes up like, man, that's a badass chainsaw, you know? And so <laughs> they, um, they come up and um, I was like, "What?" I, because they hadn't helped us at all yet. I literally was like, what are they here for? Like, are they telling us, trying to get us to leave? And they're like, no, they're here to help. I'm like, nice. Oh my God. Fuck yeah. And so they get out and I'm like, they're right next to them, cutting scratch lines with these firefighters. And finally one of them was like, dude, you need to sit down for a second. It's like, he, he could, I mean, I looked like I probably, I haven't slept in days. I have, haven't eaten in days. I'm like, chug. I do not drink energy drinks anymore at all. I'm chugging monsters at this point. Like, and, um, you needed some Coke. <laughs> fuck yeah. <dude. laughs> I at that point I would have taken it so that, yeah, they, um, it was, it was just, it was like this huge, huge sigh of relief of like, Oh my God, help is here. And they came up and they cut scratch lines and they actually did a, uh, they burnt that burnt it themselves um, because we created a scratch line and then they burned everything on the other side of the cabin. Wow. And they basically, at that point it was like, I set my chainsaw down. I took my shirt off and I just like <laughs> laid in the dirt, like just absolutely defeated and just simultaneously beat down, exhausted and happy. Saved. 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 And so then literally while they were there, I'm listening to their, I'm talking to them and listening to their radios going off. And, um, it was funny cause one of them was like, yeah, I'm talking to, uh, uh talk to that guy. Da, da, da. And he's like, uh, you talking about the one in the orange? I look down, it's my orange chaps. I'm like, oh, they're talking about me on the radio. <laughs> nice. Right. But, uh, he goes, he's like, um, he's like, oh, what's that plume of black smoke? And I just start freaking out and meet him. Where the fuck? And I look up. And I see the plume of black smoke and they're like, we have to go. We've, we, ha we have another more pressing thing. And so we went, I went over there and uh, one of our buildings is just raging. It's gone now, but it literally like burned it into dust. Gosh. And didn't you say it was like one of the more important ones? That one wasn't that building that I was telling you about, but there yeah. was an important one. It's like our dry shack. It, un we kind of dropped the ball on it and all the hectic chaos. We kind of forgot to get. The stuff, so it's the building's replaceable. Like we were able to not replace it. Like we could do the drying in another place, but it had some stuff inside of it that was pretty valuable. It's 
like heaters and fans and stuff. That, that were, sucks. Yeah. So, um, but it was, and then, so they, so then they left and it was basically at that point, it's like, you kind of are just walking around and, and everything's still burning. Everything's, it's just calm fires as opposed to like, and so we, we created our scratch lines at that point. You have to constantly walk your perimeters, walk your scratch lines, make sure nothing's jumped the line. Uh, and then the biggest thing is because the trees are slowly burning, they start slowly collapsing over the next several days. And if it falls into unburned stuff, it restarts another fire. And so that happened a couple of times, but, uh, one of the times that happened, I knew where the, it was a collection of firefighters. So I hopped in my truck and like 80 miles an hour or two, I'm just like peeled up, just up to him. I was like, yo, we need fucking help. Yeah. They're like, where you at? I'm like, follow me. And they're like, all right, cool. And they hopped in their truck and they followed me. And then they brought up like four other tankers. Nice. It was really, and those firefighters were so fucking cool. I have anybody I know that's a wildlife firefighter. Like I cannot explain the appreciation I have for them because I was asking probably the most annoying questions because I wanted to know everything at this point. Like, what do we do? What's the methods? It's like where I learned the term crowning and that's where I learned like, uh, you know, so <clears throat> they were really cool. Like I just, and then it came to a point where I'm just sitting there bullshitting with them. Cause I, there's some of their job where it's just setting and waiting, make sure their perimeters hold and stuff. So I'm just like sitting there bullshitting with the firefighters and it's hilarious cause I'm super. So a lot of these firefighter crews aren't local at all. Like one was from Milwaukee. The other one was from, um, Boise, Idaho. There was a Mexican crew that came in, which is oh, cool because I, I speak a little Spanish. And so I was like yeah. chatting with them and they were, it was hilarious because the, uh, the other, the crews of like the white people and, you know, Americans were just, they're hard workers. But then the Mexicans yeah. came in and just <laughs> scorched our, just, I mean, did what the other crews did in no time mm -hmm. at all. It was awesome. And, um, but then. Uh, I'm just sitting there bullshitting with them and as interested as I am in their careers, they're also like, never experienced it. They're like, so, uh, like, what do y'all do with the crowd? You know? And I wanted to offer them some, but I know they get drug tested. Like they, yeah. can, they couldn't smoke if they wanted to, mm -hmm. but they were like, it was hilarious because we're both super interested in each other's careers. To them, it's normal. And to me, what I do is normal. Right. So I don't think like, because everybody does what I do out there. If you're like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm a weed grower. And they're like, yeah, cool. Shut the fuck up. We're all growing weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not cool. In fact, you're lame as fuck for bragging about it. Yeah. You know? And so it was, it was pretty good. Like those, they were super awesome. They answered all my questions. I mean, I was like, so what's material is your shirt made out of? You know? Like, <laughs> um, like, because they're like, they have specific, no, it's called Nomex. It's like a no melt yeah. Like almost like a Kevlar, uh, it's like a but like fire retardant and yep, heat retardant, yeah, exactly. Resistant. But super lightweight. You'd think oh. fire retardant would be like super heavy, heavy and thick, you would, and it wasn't. It's like super thin, but it's just like no drip. So it's like, it's like a you don't want cotton because it'll catch on fire. Mm -hmm. You don't want, uh, you know, like, and then you want to wear like wool socks because it's just you want an insulation factor. Right. And then he was like telling me down to like what type of sole on your shoe you should have. And I'm like, so then every time answer every question he answers, I have another question off right. of that answer. It's like, oh, okay. So then and they the whole time answered all my questions. They like 
got in their own tanker, got us waters one night. I wasn't there. So we did after, at that point, <clears throat> after that point, we were working shifts because it wasn't so full on and people needed breaks and stuff. So we were kind of running shifts. And so one of the, I wasn't there, but they dropped off like an entire case of basically like Gatorade to them and gave them snacks and stuff. Like the firefighters were hooking us. Up. And I'm thinking away. It's like, well, how can I help these guys out? Right. And they're giving us stuff. And it just shows that like for us, it was the world, but they're watching literally everybody. They come in contact are losing their life, like mm-hmm. their livelihoods. And so they see destruction all day. And so like, and they're there to serve. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And you feel like, you're being served, so you want to give back to them, but that's yeah. not what they were there about. Yeah, no, nope, they didn't awesome. care. Yeah, they were like full on, like, what can we do for you? And I, and in terms of government workers, that's just not what I'm used to experiencing. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and so there was actually, then they started like blocking the roads and trying to like not even let us back in. And so, <laughs> was there conflict there? I imagine a little bit. Yeah, I basically. We got stopped by, I got stopped by a cop and he's like, you need to leave. I was like, well, we're, I'm going to go back. Like we, I told him we had goats to feed. Yeah. Um, cause everybody's got, everybody's got like livestock and stuff out right. there. And so I was like, yeah, we got goats. We can't just let them die. And he's like, well, you need to get them out. I was like, well, we couldn't. Our trailers are being used for other things. And all of our other friends who have livestock trailers are using it to get their livestock. You know, like he, he didn't even give a shit. He was basically like. I don't care. You're not coming back. Yeah. And so then we, his said, job was to keep you from doing whatever, which you, to me is absurd. Um, yeah. Why did people feel like they can impose themselves on other people? And it's our pro. So the, really the biggest argument is maybe that we would be in the way of emergency personnel. Yeah. But you're working with them. Yeah. And that was the thing. And, and if we weren't there on that farm that night, it would have burned down. Right. Y'all weren't helping us that mm-hmm. first night. Like there was no one there. And so that day that I got stopped, we actually tried to send our buddy back in later, two hours later, he got stopped. And he's Mm -hmm. like, he was in the car with me the first time I got pulled over. So when he went back, he's like, all right, I'm was nice earlier. You need to get the fuck out of here (laughs) or I will like, we'll have you arrested. And so the next morning at 6am before the sun came or like 5am, I got up and drove out there Mm -hmm. And it's like, cool, I'm here now. Like I took all the supplies I could. I was like, I'm going to hunker down on the farm. Um, I'm not leaving. Cause at that point too, like our crop would have died, you right. know, luckily we don't, we didn't have to water it as much at that point. We only had to water it every couple of days because the sun wasn't out. Mm-hmm. There was no sun to dry out the Makes sense. plants and they weren't really growing. They were just living. Right. And so you're just trying to save whatever you could at that point. I mean, most of it burned like half of right. it. I, I don't, yeah, we didn't really get to that, but like half of that second crop burned up or smelled like plastic from the, from the plastic on the greenhouses burning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the structures of the greenhouses are actually still there. Oh, there's some damage to the wood and stuff that was a couple boards and stuff we may need to replace, but we're still able to grow in those. We're gonna have to replace all the plastics and stuff, but um, it wasn't all a failure or it wasn't all a loss, but that night that they didn't let us back in where there was, it was the first night since the fires, probably a week after the fires. It was the first night after the fires that it was like the first time that nobody was there and somebody came in and stole three generators, a water pump, Damn. a couple hundred. Yeah. They came in and robbed us. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, it was like getting kicked while you're down, you know? 
at a low, low, low point. And then people came in and robbed. And I, it was this, I was the one. So I had finally gotten back. So I, cool. I'm going to start up a generator. And I went in the, to the generator shack. I was like, huh, yo, uh, I called my boss. I was like, did, uh, somebody move the generator? I don't think so. Uh, it's not here. He's like, oh, oh, yo, maybe this guy took it. I was like, all right, cool. And so I went and go checked up there. I was like, uh, not only is that generator not there, but his generator's not here either. And then it's, then it, like over a couple of days, there's like one time like, I, right, you know, let's, uh, let's get, fire up this water pump a couple of days later. And I went and then the water pumps. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, these motherfuckers got us. Like, then, do you have any clue who it could have been? Uh, we have a really good idea. That I'm sucks. almost positive who it was. Man, that sucks, dude. Yeah. They were, tra- they basically like took your ability to live away from you. Yeah. In like the most dire moment when you needed the and most. One of those generators was nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. That uh, sucks, man. Some people suck. Yep. That's the thing that's crazy is like you'll meet the coolest people in the whole world and then some people suck. It's like who comes in after like literally your entire property burns just to make a buck off. Yeah. God. And, and so then it was like, if I, if we weren't there for that, those fires, our place would have burned, which they try to keep us from being there. And the only night that we were told we couldn't be there, our stuff got stolen. So at that point it's like, you know, fuck you guys. I'm doing whatever I can. Yeah. You got to be there. And so I don't know if I should say this on a podcast, but I did like, I, I actually snuck by the police a few times nice. illegally. Like I would have gotten in trouble if I had gotten caught doing what I was doing. I'm not going to give the specifics of it, but I would have gotten in trouble. I think it was a felony. Wow. <laughs> I think, but, um, which it actually sounds, it's like, you know, technically opening somebody else's mail is a felony. Right. You know? So it's like one of those things. It's right. technically a felony, but it's not really, I didn't really do anything that bad. Posting somebody else's song on the internet now is they're trying to make it a felony. Yeah, exactly. The people who are making laws are dicks. Yeah. So fuck them. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Fucking damn it. This is America. If yeah. I, I want to go die on my farm, then right. let me go die on my yeah. farm. And the thing you were doing, was it hurting any Nobody. individual? Then who fucking cares? And I was just literally trying to protect my livelihood. Right. And they were literally trying to keep me from it. I was, I have, uh, I have my own feelings on, I shouldn't get onto that, but I have my own feelings on police officers. Yeah. I've never ever had to call a police officer in my entire life to help me. They have only made my life exponentially harder. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, and it's, not to say there, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Cops are not bad. Right. Inher- inherently, you know, there are, unfortunately there are some bad cops and I think good cops don't speak up loudly enough against those bad cops, but I don't want to get into the, yeah, and then wanna, also yeah. it's like the reality that those police officers are just doing their job. Yep. Somebody else is telling them to do that. Yeah. Which is, and those people suck. Yeah. But also I feel like if you do what you're told just because you're told to do it, I'm like, I don't So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much most of it. You know, and then the next month is just like, you know, rerunning water lines, putting out those smoldering trunks and uh, stumps and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I have no idea what I'm going back to even because like after the rain washes everything away, like the farm I used to know doesn't exist anymore. Right. You know, you can actually like from our, where our greenhouses is, you can see used to, you not, I told you there was that tree line there. You couldn't see anything. It was just like a, a flat spot in a pocket where you just, that's the only thing that's visible. But now you can see the valley across because it's all 
burnt little pencils sticking out of the ground. All the green is gone. <laughs> yep, all the green's gone. But it'll create, with that happening though, it'll create like new life and stuff. So a lot of this underbrush will now grow. Because like before it's all trees. Right. And there was no light on the floor of the of the forest. So now you'll ha- over the next few years, you'll have some greenery on the on the floor. And then, you know, over 10, 20 years, that'll change. The trees yeah. will take back over again from from what I've been told and stuff. Right. But, uh, That'd be cool to watch. Yeah, I had, that was, you know, so I was a, the raft guide for a while. And so I did some really dangerous stuff that, and just that lifestyle, you kind of are drawn to the dangerous side of things. Like it's all a bunch of ego out there. So it's always who can be the biggest and the baddest and mm-hmm. do, do the dumbest, <laughs> most dangerous things. Uh, and even with that, I think that, um, it was probably the most dangerous thing I've ever done in my entire life. Oh yeah. And probably, I had a little bit of P, I understand, I don't have it. I'm not saying I have PTSD, but I understand it now because there was a point like weeks later I was driving through the woods or through the forest and, uh, on a road, but I was going through a remote area and I just saw, uh, it was a, a light on somebody's there was no houses really. It was just that one house in the middle of nowhere and it had like a light, but it was like an orangish light and it created this orange glow. And I immediately like felt my heart drop and my heart race and my hands get clammy. I'm like, fuck, like I'm going to have to, and it was just a light, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, it was all good. But, yeah. but I can sympathize with PTSD on a more real level other than yeah. like it. That was definitely trauma. I mean, you were definitely in 100%, there. Yeah, for it, sure. And it, it in that moment, that's what I was saying is in that moment, I didn't process anything because I just had to be present. This is what I'm doing. Cut the scratch line, cut this tree down, uh, stop the fire. And then you go home and you're like, oh my God, what the fuck was I doing? You know, right. like trees were burning, trees were falling all around me and I'm standing there with a hose. <laughs> all right. You know, <laughs> man, that's, it's really interesting because that's so different than the, the average person's 2020, which was also kind of like watching a forest fire, yeah. but just like not literally. Yeah. You're just kind of like watching the world burn around you. Like it's become more clear than ever, kind of like you're saying, that our government has no concern whatsoever for the average American. No. And this is generally on both sides too. No, yeah, no. Yeah, I, uh, not, that's, that's also become extremely yeah. clear. Everybody's kind of like, ooh, do I really feel like a A or a B or whatever? Yeah. But it's, did you ever, like, in all of that experience, what was it like coming back to a world that was mostly focused on, like, this virus that was ravaging the world? That was the weirdest thing is because, like, I'm living such an intense moment where my world is literally burning around me and falling to pieces. Then you just get online, people are like, oh, I'm going to Kings Island this weekend, <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. You know, I'm, oh, look at this. And you're like, Man, there's people out there just live living normal ass lives right mm-hmm. now. You know, not normal, but 2020 normal. Right. You know, and so it was pretty surreal. But then it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to put that in a way. It was just like, oh yeah, there's a different set of concerns for the rest right. of the world right now. Does it make the coronavirus seem silly? No, 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 not at all. Really? Um, you know, like in terms of deadliness, I realize this isn't the most deadly virus, but like we don't want any. One percent of the U.S. is three million people. You know, nobody wants to watch three million people die. Mm-mm. And I feel like I, I, what I can say is, is that the arguments that people are making 
against things for COVID. Like if you complain about a mask, right? That's the littlest dick energy that I could imagine. <laughs> that's where you stand your ground. I'm not wearing, you're taking, nobody's trying to take your freedoms. Right. Nobody's trying to control you. It has nothing to do with that. It's like, that's like literally the most basic thing you could do to potentially help somebody. Just be a nice guy. Yeah, that's it. Just care about somebody else a little bit. You know, I, and there's times where on the farm, I'm wearing a mask where it's hundred degrees outside. I'm wearing a mask because I'm working with like an amendment. It's not uh, dangerous to breathe, but it's just like particulates, mm-hmm. you know, like baby powder's not bad. You don't want to snort baby powder, right, right. <laughs> you know? So it's like, you just don't want to breathe it just cause it's like going to make your note, you know? So I, there's times I'm working like it's a hundred degrees outside it's 110 inside the greenhouse and I'm wearing a mask and these motherfuckers are like literally refusing to go into Walmart with a mask on. And you're like, dude, chill. Chill. Wear a mask. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times you had this conversation on about COVID or whatever. I don't want to like. No, not not a ton, not a ton. I mean, I, but I, I mean, I also at the same time though, I kind of get the being rubbed the wrong way when some asshole is trying to tell you like what to do. Yeah, and it's like you're not even doing that. Why do you get to make it a law or a rule? Oh yeah, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, if my government, if government officials are telling you to do something and they're not also doing it, fuck those people. You know, like, and I can understand the resistance for some, but like, I don't know. I think I've spent a decent amount of time in Asia too, and Mm -hmm. they just wear masks. Natural. Whenever they feel gross or they feel sick, that should be. I think that's going to become the norm. But it won't in the U.S. Not no, not not in places like Kentucky, man. That just seems right to me now. It like, does. You, you're sick. Don't be a dick. Just try to stop other people from getting your sick. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I'm on the same page with you on that. You and think it's, but I mean, you're right. America, because even like with work, like you feel guilty about taking time off work when you're sick, but you should totally do that to be responsible. And it's our society has like created that. It's like, go to work when you're sick. <laughs> I, I could talk all day about No, talk all day. Yeah. We got all day. Uh, it's just talking politics with me is dangerous because I can get a little polarizing, you know? Really? Um, I try not to be, but um, extremists from any group bother me, lefts or rights. And those are the people you hear from the most these days they're, for some They're the reason. ones that are the loudest. They're the ones yeah. that take the microphone and make it theirs, you know? And, but I can tell you that there's one side of the extremists that bother me more than the other. Yeah. Because one, I think, is more rooted in like compassion and, and not trying to offend people. That's taking way too far, though. Right. You know, like you can't just, some people are just going to be offended. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. But then the other one is based on like a lack of compassion. Like the same people that don't want to be controlled are the ones that are trying to control. Yeah. And that's trying to saying. take rights from people, you know? I'm trying to, I mean, everybody knows what side I'm talking about. Right. I think with that, but. Um, I don't talk politics too much. Yeah, we One, because I'm an ignorant fool about <laughs> yeah, them. I don't know anything about like, I, I can I can talk philosophy and the philosophy of politics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. much more easily than I can talk like legitimate policy and like understanding individuals' perspectives mm-hmm. and like, because I'm, I'm jaded yeah. against the whole thing. I think it's all a joke. I don't think, I'm never going to get a chance to vote for a person who legitimately cares about the well-being of the people in my life. 
for at least not for like a a national level election. I'm going to ask you. So we probably shouldn't talk. I don't want to talk politics necessarily because I don't think it's good content. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, well, not that it, we can't discuss politics, but yeah. um, I just have harsh. I have some pretty harsh right. realities that a lot of people are not going to enjoy. And I know that and I'm working on it. But how do you feel about Bernie Sanders? Like, well, I like the guy enough. I, the thing about him that I didn't <laughs> like was he's let himself be bullied by the DNC. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's why you're not winning, dude. Yeah. You got to have more balls. I'm not saying that I would have yeah, more balls, yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying like if you want to be a leader of a group of people... You got to be willing to have a little, but my, my, his policy though, I like it. And my thing was take away policy, take it all away. What person do you think wants to be in that seat to actually help people? Yeah. Even if you agree with the way that he's trying to help is not the correct way to help. He genu- genuinely thinks it's going to help. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. At heart. And like, that's the person I want. Yeah. And I do agree. I do agree with most of his policies. Like, um, uh, free healthcare. I don't even understand how it's a conversation. Right. I do or, I agree. Or affordable healthcare. Like I don't understand how we can be the richest, wealthiest country in the world. And you could die from diabetes. Yeah. You know, that's absurd. I've in Nicaragua, I went to the hospital, got treated and didn't pay a dime. And it's, third world as shit there was yeah. chickens outside the hospital <laughs> you know and i didn't even have to pay those people yeah and it's just like how in the world do we live in a first world country and then uh, one of the things that is most concerning i've talked to you about like what my future plans are going to be mm-hmm. one of the things that's most concerning about that is afford the health the affordability of healthcare. yeah and it's weird it's that that is strange that well, it's because the people who are calling the shots are so disconnected from the lives yeah. of the average person. They don't understand what it's like to be an average person. They, they're, mil- they're all millionaires. They're billionaires. Yeah. Well, well, yes. yes I, I get, yeah. Billionaires are controlling the country. Yeah. But the people that sit in the seats, quote unquote. Yeah. Of, they're all. Uh, they're millionaires. Uh, yeah. They're the all millionaires. The mayors, the, yes. I'm totally yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, but 100% the billionaires are controlling oh they're calling the shot yeah for they're sure burning owl effigies in the middle of like <laughs> they're fucking each other's in the ass so i meant to look that up i saw <laughs> i heard you talk about that yeah. the owl effigies that's yeah. real that's 100 real so it's an alex jones thing yeah and i know he's a wacko 100 but he has film of like these famous politicians dancing around this burning owl effigy and like going and and they have like they get each other in situations where they're like having sex with underage yep. kids blackmail like so Jeffrey that they Epstein can blackmail shit, each yeah. other so that they can control each other so that everybody's on the same page the page is fuck those poor people we got billions let's keep our fingers on these billions and so that's what i think i don't know i mean i can't prove it yeah, and i'm, well, I'm yeah, talking i'm course. a moron and i'm talking out of my ass <laughs> yeah. but that makes me feel so disenchanted with this whole system that's supposed to be by the people, for the people, suck a dick. No, it's yeah. not. That I don't, I, I feel irresponsible for not being invested in politics, but I just am mm-hmm. like, why would I even spend my time worrying about this thing? And does it help is the thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Does voting really do anything? I don't want Mitch McConnell to be senator, mm-hmm. but the motherfucker is consistently senator and I'm voting against him every single time. So what's yep. the point? I don't know. 
I mean, if to be honest, if you're if you're liberal in Kentucky, if you vote left wing, your vote is almost pointless. I yeah. hate to say it that way. Like, and and you know, keep voting if you're liberal, keep voting left. Like, yeah. we, that's the only way to. I don't say it's the only way to change it, but it's what we have right now. You know, right. and I don't know if it does anything. I don't know, but I mean. This is the first time a president hasn't been reelected for a second term in a long time. Yeah. So that's true. You know, there was definitely a change, but, but I, was there? I, I mean, to a different regime. Idiot. Yeah, yeah. To a different idiot. I mean, yeah. I think Biden is an, Biden is an idiot, but Trump is an atrocious human being. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, people are like, you don't like him because of, or like, you think everything he does is bad because you just don't like him. And it's like, no, I think he's bad. Kind of gross person. Just gross. in general. Person. And he spreads hate. Like, he he just spreads so much hate in this world. I don't know. Yeah, that's why, I like, I have friends, like, I have a black friend, and they just hate Trump on principle because he's made people more racist, or he's pr- created yeah. an environment where people who were racist feel vindicated. Yep. yep. And that's bad. We don't need that. Exactly. But Biden's still all about that money. Yeah, just like the Clintons oh, were all yeah. about that money. Absolutely, B- it's all Biden sucks. Yeah, he sucks. I'm not a fan of Biden. No, at all. Uh, and that's the most. As soon as you say something against Trump, like, oh, well, Biden does. I was like, whatever Biden done does is irrelevant for what Trump does. They're not mm-hmm. connected. One, you know, two. In kindergarten, we learned two wrongs don't make a right. Right. <laughs> you know, so like whatever, like Biden doing this is never an excuse for Trump to do this mm-hmm. or to act in this manner. And it's like. As soon as you say something negative against Trump, they just want to lump you into this like liberal snowflake. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I guarantee you I'm less of a snowflake than a lot of these conservatives. Like, but what do you do when the guy who wins the presidency is like this most popular dude and he's picked by these, this group of elite people. mm -hmm. So like by the time you even get a chance to vote, it's pretty much been decided. It's pretty much been decided. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the DNC has proved that with Bernie. Yeah, they, they didn't want Bernie suck, and they man. pretty much derailed him. And, and the electoral college needs to be done, done away with. It's, it's, a, gross. it's an absurd system away from gerrymandering. It's like that even rural areas have stronger voting capacity a lot of times than heavily populated areas. And it's like, why does that person's vote in fuck Wyoming get to have more say in an election than I do because I live in a city? Right. You know, based off of like how they draw the right congress or like the lines and stuff. Yeah, and, ger- and, ger- and gerrymandering yeah. is gross. Gross, gross. And it's the people in power. So they do it at the cen- uh, every 10 years is when they redraw these lines because they do a census, they get understand the population, and then they redraw the lines. And it's the people in power at that time that get to redraw the line. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a, it further solidifies, like if you have a Republican state, or a, de- a democratic state, we'll say democrat. If you have a democratic state and you, you redraw the lines with them in power, you then further cemented that into, so now it's more democrat. Right. And we've already kind of, I think 2020's made it clear, like nobody fucking, about, about the average person. So, yeah. So as they're it's, drawing these lines, they're just, they're, they're not really representing you. People, people will find themselves feeling represented by like a certain side. And they're like, it, it, you know, it's it's the same tribalism that we see in like professional sports, the same tribalism we see in lots of things. It's like, I'm a liberal 
I'm a conservative. Yep. That's what I am. So those are my people. So if yeah. they lose, I'm losing some way. It's Identic- like, no. Identity politics. Yeah. We're gross. all losing. Yeah. If you don't have a million dollars, you're losing. Yeah. Regardless of who is And in even there. a million in this world isn't it's that much anymore. No, not no. really. No. I mean, it's, you live comfortably. Depends on where you live. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 100%. A million in California is not much at all. No, not really. Buy um, a house, maybe, if you're lucky. Um, Yeah. So. I don't know. There's a lot of the identity politics is gross. It is gross. I, so uh, I don't vote anymore. And I understand a lot of people have negative feelings against that. And I can sympathize with what, but it's like, I'm also participating in a s- system. I feel like this is like, I'm like admitting to something guilty. I totally understand why you would too. But I don't think you should though, but I understand why you would. Uh, and vice versa. I understand why people think I should vote. And I'm almost getting more convinced to vote lately. I'm ever evolving. I used to think voting mattered, then I don't. Now I'm kind of leaning more towards maybe I should start to vote again. Um, I think the fact that you're kind of nomadic. Yeah. But also, everybody talks about how the only elections that matter are local elections. So if you don't really have a local election that is meaningful to you, then who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, yeah, I, I just, so I, sh- I don't hate me because I don't vote people first <laughs> off, but, uh, I think I'm going to switch. I actually had a, a pretty good discussion with, a uh, my buddy, John, John boy, shout out. Love you. Um, he, um, is kind of convinced. I think he made the most compelling argument of he always indiscriminately doesn't matter what the views are of that person will vote third party, whatever it is. And at first, that didn't make much sense. I was like, that doesn't, you should definitely care about policies. And, and he's like, well, I'm so against the two-party system. The only way to get rid of a two-party system is to get a third party. He's trying to buck the system. Yeah. And so at that point, whatever the third party is, I'm going to vote for them because like, realistically, I know they're not going to win. I'm just trying to make a movement towards a third party so that we could have a third party, yeah. whatever it may be. You're trying to make it possible for a system exist where a third party can be successful. Yeah. And so that was actually a really good argument. That is to a good me. It's, And it's something I've really never thought of. Um, Cause like as an idea of libertarianism, as a, like a social idea of like, uh, you know, uh, more rights for everyone, like you can do whatever you want. So long as it doesn't infringe on other people's rights is like an underlying theme of libertarianism. That doesn't really work in terms of corporations because they will crush everything. Especially if corporations are allowed to be considered as individuals, which they are in our current system. Exactly. And so, uh, but he indiscriminately votes for the third party. And so that was actually a pretty good argument. I just, there's part of me uh, that thinks we should go French Revolution on it, you know? It's not, I don't genuinely believe that because that would be messy we have a lot of guns in our country. We're so polarized. It's not going to be a unity, a unified thing. It's going to be two different groups trying to take over, trying to take power. Probably more than two. Yeah, exactly. Eventually but, it would settle down into the most powerful ones. Exactly. But, you know. And so it would like create like a even more militarized. Yeah, it could end up being worse. And so I don't necessarily, like as a general idea, I kind of think it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. It feels the most fair, doesn't it? Yeah. For the for the people who are being shit on to just be like, fuck all y'all. Let's go. Let's take it back. Straight up. But when you are being realistic about it, you have to realize that. It's messy. It's messy. It's and it could settle back down into something worse, too. Yes. 
Yeah. And it's not going to be fun for anyone involved. Yeah. In a real world, the good guy probably doesn't win or, or doesn't always yeah, win. Exactly. And, but it's like, how do you get, how do you get these people that don't care about your interest to work for your interests? <laughs> Make them scared. Yeah. <laughs> Scare yeah. those motherfuckers. Like, okay, cool. You don't care about us. We'll cut your heads off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Les Mis is one of my favorite all time plays <laughs> and musicals and movies. So I actually I've haven't seen about it. That. Really? Oh, dude, I saw yeah. it on Broadway. It was amazing. It's it was French, is it about the French Revolution about, and it, stuff? The, the French Revolution is a big part of it. Okay. Um, and a lot of the characters are uh, involved in a really bloody battle that mm -hmm. takes place. But, uh, you know, those people are angry about the same thing that we're angry about now. These people... These aristocrats that have all this money who are making all the calls, who don't give a shit about you mm -hmm. or your family or your well-being at all. It's the same exact thing. At the time, they chose to respond violently because it, they didn't have some of the resources we have. I think the internet is a huge resource Yeah, because yeah. a lot of these people in power are old and they don't fucking understand they at don't. all how the internet works. They don't get the internet at all. Have you seen the uh, where Zuckerberg's in front of him and it's like a congressional hearing? Yeah, you know, asking him questions, and he's like, "I don't even know how to." This is it's like one of the guys is like, "How do you make money if you don't charge people for the services?" <laughs> and he's like, "We run ads." Okay, well, how do you make money? He's like, "I, I don't know how to answer this question." Yeah. Ads, yeah. ads. People pay us to run ads, and it's like. You're so disconnected. You're making laws about stuff you're so disconnected yeah. with. We don't actually have to make money because our the people who buy our stocks yeah. decide that we're worth money yeah. and will buy us. So we don't really even have to. Like I was listening to Andrew Schultz. He's a comedian. Talk about Andrew Netflix, Netflix yeah. and how it works. And he was like, at first he was like, fuck Netflix. Um, he's like, Netflix is going to fold because there's no way that they're going to be able to make a profit by selling their service the way that they do. And then he's like, then I realized they don't have to make a profit. They never make they, they don't, a profit. They don't. And companies will, I've actually recently got heavily invested in, not heavily invested, I am invested in the stock market right mm -hmm. now, which is me being part of a system I disagree with. Right. Kind of, but I guess I got to make it work to my advantage yeah, if I can. make it while you can. Yeah. But they, um, so corporations just reinvest all their money because they don't have to pay any taxes on it. Right. And that's how they get out. If they put more into the company, they don't, if they don't take profit, you only pay taxes on profit. So technically they don't make profit. They never have to pay taxes. And right. so that's how they get out of these, a simple way of getting out of taxes. And it, it's also this weird, people kind of demonize these billionaires, but it's this, it's this weird, their money isn't actual money. Yeah, it's not real. It's yeah. It, it's all in computers. It's all based off their stock. Like Bezos, has gotten whatever, uh, I don't know, 50, 60 billion or yeah. whatever during this pandemic, but it's because Amazon stock has gone through the roof. Yeah. And because they're busy. Yes. But they're not making money. Yes. They don't have to. Exactly. But so his wealth is all tied up in his stock that has gained value because he's invested. So technically, as American citizens, we could have invested in, in Amazon. Well, those with disposable income, those right. aren't, have. <laughs> That's the problem is that people are living so poor they can't afford to do anything. Most people. Yeah. But the thing is, if, if, if we take that money from him, he would have to take it out of his stocks, which would create a mass sell-off, which would decrease the value of Amazon because it uh, creates uncertainty in the company. People would sell, other people would sell it. It creates this chain effect. And so then all the wealth is gone from anybody invested in it. And it's this weird, you can't, 
just take that money. Like you can't, but those motherfuckers need to pay. Yeah. So I don't even know. I'm not, like you said, we're two morons talking yeah. in the basement right now about <laughs> some complex system we barely understand. And I don't know what the solution is. Right. But, but the, the money's not real. And that's what Andrew Schultz said. He said, once I realized the money right wasn't real, I was like, give, give me some money. Right. Give me some of that fake money. Yeah. I'll take some. In the book in, uh, in Sapiens, they talk about how 90% of, uh, only 10% of the world's wealth is actually physical cash. Yeah. The rest of it just exists it's in a story. digits. Yeah. It's a and, story that we tell that we can use as a tool to facilitate in trade for things that we otherwise struggle to compare in value. Yeah. Like how many pounds of beaver skin can I trade you for the how many pounds of grain that you yeah. have or whatever except now it's done on numbers and it makes it easier to quantify yeah. but it's just a story that we tell um so like if everybody in the stock market cashed out all their stocks today and try to get the money and turn it into liquid cash you couldn't yeah. it's impossible and so it's all fake it's fake it's a right. it's a mirage it's a so you're trying to make like a sneak attack get in get out real fast no uh, so I what? So like, you know, I get into stocks, and you have this idea of like, I'm gonna hustle the market. I'm gonna buy low, uh, buy low, sell high, and mm-hmm. make money and cash out and do this. And really, what you learn over time is that the best the investing day trade a lot. So day trading is like when you literally just buy a stock, and and in the same day you'll sell it. I've had friends who have gotten addicted to day trading, like gambling. It's gambling. It is gambling. It's something like some studies have showed like. It varies, but between like not less than, or so more than 90% will never make a profit off of day trading ever. They're just in there getting their fix. Exactly. And so over time you realize that investing as opposed to trading, investing is really the move. You want to buy and hold. Um, stocks will go up, stocks will go down. Warren Buffett talks about like he gets excited when stock, when the stock market crashes, because now you have all these companies that are still good companies. They're not going to go out of business. But now it's discounted stock prices. Mm-hmm. You just, it's clearance sale on stocks. And he's got capital, so he can purchase that. Exactly. Yeah. And he keeps capital on the side. Mm-hmm. He, he has like, it's an it's absurd amount you of money. You sound like a conservative right now. I know, right? <laughs> I know. But so, you're a person who has capital, so it makes sense to, yes. it does. I understand. I, me too. I yeah, get it. I've been fortunate to find a job I love that is also financially, uh, made me financially secure. Yeah. Is what I'll say. And so like, that's the thing is like, I'm not left or right. I hate being lumped into liberal or I am. So most of my social views fall into the liberal side. More rights for people. Because you want to love people. Yeah. Healthcare, uh, religion shouldn't be involved in uh, politics at all. And if you can give me a reason outside of your, like, yeah, I just hate being lumped into. Show me how it hurts somebody else. Yep. And then my compassion should lead me to choosing a path that does not harm that yeah. person or who harms the least amount of people. So like, I'm not actually, uh, I wouldn't call myself a Republican or a Democrat, but if I had to vote between the two, 99% of the time, I'm going to choose Democrat mm-hmm. because it really just aligns with like healthcare. Uh, so my, I always tell people to my two, everybody has their own things that they look like. There's some people that look at a, abortion legalization of abortion. That's a big one with my wife because she's a Christian, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing about us that doesn't really <laughs> compatible, but whatever. But, uh, what, but I understand it. But so that's what you look at. 
and, and that's your deciding factor of whether you want to vote for somebody, and that's your right. My things that I focus on that are important in my life are environment, because I spend almost all my time outside and traveling outdoors, national parks, public lands. I've, I want more access to public land for the public and not for corporations. Um, and uh, foreign affairs, because I travel overseas a lot. And Trump has been garbage for both of those. He's destroyed. He's de- destroying our environment. You can't go to Cuba anymore now. You can't really uh, like traveling. You technically can, but you have to lie to the government about it. It was, it was only available for like a sh- like two years under uh, under Obama. He's yeah. the one who opened it up, and then Trump got in office and it shut back down. Did you ever get to go over there? No, man. Uh, I but heard I, the the cars. Oh uh, yeah, I heard the cars are like one of the coolest parts. because of the embargo. Yeah, they can't get anything else, so they just had it's literally like going back in time. Or they they took like immaculate care. Yeah. of these cars from like the seventies because they could never. They knew they'd never get another one. Yeah, they can't get anything shipped into the country. There's only two countries in the world that don't have Coca Cola. Really, Cuba and take guess the other one. You can the Dominican Republic. Nope, Russia. So, no, uh, you're getting closer. S- Tell me. North Korea. North Korea. Oh, well, that I, makes yeah, exactly. sense. That's what I was like, I should even thought about that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like almost the same line as like, yeah. but I don't even know where I was. Talking. So yeah, those are my two points. And yeah, Trump hasn't been good for either of those. Uh, you know, I'm not a Biden fan, but he is, uh, I actually just moved some of my investments into, uh, green energy, like clean energy, because under Biden, it's going to be doing a lot better. And so the, you know, if I had to vote, like people don't want me, like conservatives definitely don't want me to vote because I'm always going to go left at this point, <laughs> you know? So like if, if you're a Republican and you're mad, I'm not voting, you probably shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- those are my two causes. And you know, the right wing is just, the right side is just not good for that. You know, so I'll almost always go left mm-hmm. at that point. Not that I align myself with their views or, or whatever, but. Right. It's, um. Yeah, it's it's a pretty crazy. There's just no. The thing is, is there's no one answer. Yeah, there's no certainty for any of it. Right. There's no. It's all too complicated for our stupid monkey brains to fully grasp. <laughs> and and it's just different person to person. Yeah. You know what works in one case may not work in another. And and yeah, I don't know. So you're doing a weight loss challenge. Yeah, I'm. I'm, doing I'm a, a, we're, we're moving away from politics. That's okay, perfect, second. perfect. Yeah, yeah. So the weight loss challenge is really fun. So I'm doing one with Jake Stratton, Chris Berry, and David Vandelberg, and Casey Ford and Ryan Ray. Y'all motherfuckers, I know y'all are listening to this shit. Y'all are in it too, regardless of whether you think you are or not. <laughs> you are. Um, y'all should. I know. I saw there was like a little post about it on on Facebook or whatever, and it's like you should figure out a a prize, not even necessarily monetarily, but mm-hmm. like. Something to work for, even if it's like a, like a, like the sober October, like, like a, a belt. Yeah, exactly. Like a belt. Even if it's cheesy, not necessarily a belt. But I think we probably will do that. We've also got a fun like way to do head to heads. So we're gonna do benchmark exercises where it's like you can call someone out. So I could be like Chris, me and you, we're gonna do benchmark, uh, like I don't know steps, daily steps. And so like, I'm going to do one day, I'm going to try to get in as many steps as I can. And so are you. And then the two weeks from now, we're going to, we're going to do a day. We're going to see 
how many more steps we can get in that day than we originally did. And whoever increases by the most percentage, Ooh. that way we can compete with each other, even though we're not all on the same level physically. Yeah. It's all about, it's competing against yourself. How much can you improve? That's what I was going to ask you. Is there, so like, are you doing weight loss as number of pounds or like a percentage of body percentage weight? Percentage of body weight. That's a great we're way We're doing a percentage do of body weight because we're all in different places. So yeah. like Jake Stratton, I mean, he probably weighs like 205, 215 right now. He's heavier than he wants to be. Yeah. But he doesn't have... But that's not too bad for him. No. He's kind of a... Not thick. He's stocky person yeah. in, in, anyway. He's got yeah. 10 or 15, maybe 20 pounds he wants yeah. to lose tops. Whereas I've got maybe 60 pounds I'd like to lose. Whereas Chris... Yeah. You know, he's got quite a few that he would like to, to take care of. And it's easier of. for him at that point to to lose pounds. Right. Like pound to pound for right. him versus... You know, I haven't seen a lot of these guys in a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like, yeah... Based off of my understanding of, of Jake and Casey, it's like, it's easier for Chris to lose weight than Jake and it Casey. Would be, yeah. You know? And it will be easier for me to lose weight than it will be for Jake. Yeah. So that's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. We've also got, uh, we're going to do weekly calls. Every Sunday, we're going to do a call. All of us are going to be on it. We've got, um, we've got a document that we made, a Google Doc. We're all professionals now, so yeah. we do things fancy. We got a Google Doc that we're collaborating in where we came up with our ideas. We've also got a Google Sheet that we're collaborating in that where we're like logging our points and like logging our workouts and stuff like that. And every Sunday we're going to get on a Google, uh, we're going to do a meet, like a Zoom call, and we're going to uh, just talk about our week, like talk about our numbers, hold each other accountable, do our little like call outs for the head-to-head competitions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And really more than anything, it's like just having a community of people to help hold you accountable. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And just healthy competition. Yeah. You know, that's like, there's no, especially when it's your homies. It's yeah. Like, it's not just some like, you know, they have like these competitions in gyms. And it's like, you're trying to do the most steps against the random person. Mm-hmm. But it's like when it's your homie and you can be like, you can talk shit. Yeah. You're like, yo, motherfucker. Yeah. You're weak. <laughs> your mind is weak. You're weaker than your body, which is a flobby little piece of shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to. Do uh, you have any, um, do you have any like plans? You're just going to work out and just try to eat healthier? Is there like, are you doing intermittent fasting or no, anything? I, I or? will be doing intermittent fasting because okay. I love the way that it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to be counting calories. Although um, some people would suggest that that's not, I've never had a healthy relationship with food. Yep. So I want to try to get fit and then maybe I'll work. I want to take care of the most important thing, which is my health. Yeah. And then I'll work on my healthy relationship with food. Yeah. So I'm going to count calories and try to, uh, make sure that I'm staying strict about how much I'm consuming. And then I'm going to take walks with my dog. I'm not going to try to do anything crazy, honestly. Um, but I am going to focus on putting on muscle nice. because I've lost muscle mass as I've gotten older. Cause I haven't focused on it. And also because I've tried to lose weight. Yeah. And so as in trying to lose weight, I've lost muscle, muscle mass. mass. Yeah. So, and the, the beautiful thing is at, at first, as you're gaining muscle, you don't necessarily see a lot of the weight loss, but the more muscle you get, the more fat you're just burning throughout the day yeah. or more calories you use throughout the day. So like, that's pretty much, it's like when I first started, so I just recently started going back to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, my job keeps me pretty active, but then, um, it's funny because I, while, while I'm out on the farm during the summer and it's like hundred degrees outside, I'm doing manual labor. I can eat whatever the fuck I want to. I, right. I almost never drink sugary drinks, but you know, those like uh, simple lemonades, the, 
I'll drink an entire one in a day <laughs> without blinking an eye. And it's not a big deal out there. But what happens is as the season comes, starts coming into an end and you're doing less work and you're eating, you kind of just immediately start feeling yourself getting squishier, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so then I really, at that point you really have to start like focusing and it's, you know, I always try to encourage people intermittent fasting has a place and it is good. I actually have done intermittent fasting and if it works for you, then I recommend you do it. It doesn't for me because I work out. My thing is I work out first thing in the morning. Mm. I'll wake up at like usually five thirty, hit the gym, make my cup of coffee and I hit, I, I do work out on an empty stomach, um, hit the gym. Um, but then if I'm doing intermittent fasting, I wouldn't be able to eat until like 11. And that's not healthy. My body needs nutrients and needs your proteins and your carbs for your energy and, or for like creating muscle and stuff. But it's really a simple equation of just eat less, move more. Yeah. And it's not even less food, less calories. Yeah, calories in, calories out is yeah, really what it is. It's, yeah. it's a simple equation. And so like I tell people like if you're just, um, if you're just chopping up some veggies and not out of a can or not out of a bag, if you're yourself, cut up veggies and you cook them, you're off to a great start. Mm. You know, there's, um, I don't really take many supplements either. Fish oil is the one I swear by. I am loyal to fish oil, man. It is for me. I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, protein, some protein powder too, just to Mm -hmm. up that. But actually I supplement, I do a daily multivitamin. I do fish oil. Mm Mm-hmm. And I do, uh, like a. You're saying lion's mane, right? I do a lion's mane, yeah. And then I do like a greens, like an athletic greens thing, yeah. Because I don't eat enough vegetables; yeah. it's a problem. Yeah. Um, it's something I have over years had to train myself. Yeah. Or like, yeah, make it a habit. That's the thing. Is like I have to like do it so much that now it's like all right, what vegetable? Like in the south, you get your portion of meat that you're going to eat and you work your meal around your portion of meat, mm-hmm. meats, your bread, grains, and then you throw in a couple of veggies. Now I try to be like, what vegetables am I going to eat? And then let's find a meat to go with. That it. makes sense. You That's know? a healthier relationship with food. Like I was just talking Year. about. It took years, like yeah. probably half a day, five years probably. Of, now I'm at a point where it's like, I'm pretty good. And when you do stuff like that, so I don't, the healthy relationship with food, I think also comes from like, you don't want to be too intense with that either. Right. It's like, if, so if you're doing all those things, fucking enjoy that cupcake. Right. Guiltlessly eat it. Enjoy mm-hmm. every second of it. Don't feel bad for it. Just, you know, maybe have some asparagus before right. that cupcake or whatever. And I think you just nailed it. Cause like when I was been reading about like trying to improve my relationship with food, it basically was saying you should be able to consume whatever you want, whenever you want without guilt. But your choices have become the choices that are going to lead you in a direction of health. Yeah. Where you're going, you're going to naturally choose the things yeah. that are going to be beneficial to you. And that's it. It's like, and, and after a time of, so there was uh, a few, might've been three, two or three years ago where I got like, so I have, I, it's not that I have a, I do have an addictive personality. I was kind of telling you about it. It's like all or none. Mm-hmm. So I try to channel them into better things now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll get pretty and I'm not at this point right now with working out, but there was a point where I was getting pretty obsessed with just fitness and health 
it was really about health. So I cut out all processed sugars, all grains. I would allow myself rice, um, but like zero sugary drinks, zero desserts, zero. It was like every meal I was chopping vegetables up, making raw or not, uh, raw, but making chicken, um, like super lean meats. I would allow myself red meats, you know, but sparingly. And I have never felt better physically, but like, it's also a mental draw on you. So there's like a balance of like, don't get obsessed and a crazy about doing these things. Cause like you, your mental state is just as important as being healthy and physical, but like cutting out processed sugar, that stuff is poison. Yeah. It's poison. I know. Oh my God. God I mean, it's, it's the best tasting I'm poison. I'm so addicted to it. It's the best tasting poison. Yeah. I love it still. I, uh, like sugary drinks have never been my thing, but like I love a good dessert. Mm. Not candy. I don't do candy either, mm. but desserts. Brownie, like a brownie. Yeah. Brownies, ice cakes, cheesecake, ice cream. Some a major weakness of mine. And it's like all those things, I'll house it, dude. I will sit down and be like, I just ate half of this pie to myself. <laughs> you know, like that's not good. Yeah. You know? And so portion size is really a big thing for me. It's like enjoy the pecan pie. Don't enjoy the entire pecan mm-hmm. pie. Um, so it's like, it's take the South is not, you know, you season your food with sugars and fats mm-hmm. and it's not a good relationship with food. And people are like, oh, I'm going to enjoy life though. And it's like, I've been on both ends and it, the mental clarity you get from eating healthy and being active is different. Yeah. It's like. And I've never really even experienced that on a full level, but I've experienced a better level, a different level where I was definitely more focused. I was just had more energy. I just mm-hmm. felt better. I was in better moods. Sustain. Yeah. I was that's a nicer it. person. Even, that's it. Just cause I, I was at my, I mo- my moods felt better. I would wake up feeling better and excited about the day rather than just like, especially after Christmas, dude, yeah. there were a couple of days after Christmas. I was like, I feel like shit. <laughs> I've eaten so uh, much yeah. food. I feel like balls yeah. and I just hated it. And there, you know, it's all in levels of that. And so like, I've been at a place where like, I was excited about waking up in the morning, getting after it. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, like I would, I'd hate it while it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. For but sure. then I was like, I feel what I'm getting from this and I'm excited about yep. what I'm getting from this. Um, and just waking up and not, not feeling you're like dragging yourself out of the mud. Mm-hmm. There was a period where I'd wake up and I'm like, cool, it's time to start the day now, you know, as opposed to like, <laughs> Fuck, you know, yeah. rolling out of bed. I am very comfy right now. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I will stay right in this place. But everybody deals with that. Dude, I was having a conversation recently with this girl, Kelsey. She was here on the on the podcast and she was so bright and so bubbly and just such a interesting and thoughtful person. She's a local musician. And she was just into so much shit. And then she made a post on Facebook the other day just about how she's been feeling bad. She calls it her Denny Crumb voice the person in her mind that tells her that she sucks and that tells her that like, she just needs to stay in bed and just mm-hmm. feel sorry for herself. And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of becoming an adult is like realizing that and like seeing, seeing how your decisions impact you. And then just hopefully having the tools that are necessary to like make those changes. And that's been one of the coolest things about my thirties and really my late twenties is seeing my friends grow up. Yeah. Seeing like there's not another person that I appreciate as much as Jake Stratton. <laughs> Jake Stratton is a badass. Like he's a dad. He's a badass dad. 
He's a badass husband. He takes those roles super seriously and mm-hmm. he also invests in himself and he has the exact same struggles. How many kids does he have? He's got two kids. Two kids, okay. Yeah. But he's got the exact same struggles and those exact same like negative thoughts as every other person has. But I just see him as being one of those people that is in my close group of friends who like really is like doing the best with what they've got and yeah. and, and being positive about it and yeah. like continuing to grow and move forward and progress. Dave Vandenberg is also a person like that. And uh, I appreciate yeah. it. And having those people and seeing those people and having the context to appreciate their growth and to be like, I remember sitting in your basement watching Faces of Death and drinking that nasty ass liquor that your dad used to think we couldn't find in his tea cabinet. To like see the man that they've become. Yeah, or, it's yeah, wild. Woman. Yeah. It's wild. And I guess you, you, you read about those things in books when you're a kid or you see those things in movies, but you can't really appreciate how profound and how much it's going to influence you and how much it's going to impact you. But I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about my own mortality, the fact that mm-hmm. I'm not going to last forever. Welcome to 30. Man. And that yeah. sucks a little bit. Yeah. But also like in the realization that I'm gonna not going to last forever, like what's most important to me, what, what I want to make sure happens before it's over. Yeah. And some of that is like really solidifying those connections with those people that matter yeah. most. And uh, it's like a few... As I used to be a social butterfly growing mm-hmm. up and it's like, I wanted to have as many friends as possible. Like as you get older, you realize it's like definitely quality over quantity, mm-hmm. you know, and creating those deep, deep relationships. Yeah. And you, I almost envy. So we've talked about how you've been here your whole life mm-hmm. and you haven't really left. And I've been all over the place, but there's some middle ground there of like, you have friends that you have been friends with your entire life and that you've always been involved in their lives. And I don't really have that. I've gone large, large gaps without seeing people five, 10 years, you know? And so like, I remember fucking first grade Mitch. Yeah. And I remember high school Mitch, yep. but I haven't seen those in betweens, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was like the last time we did this podcast it was really cool to just like, you're married and you have a house. And me though, I'm still like fucking, I might get a dog in a few years or nice. something, you know? Hey, it's a fun, it's fun. Yeah, but I'm saying like, it's just no commitment and I'm all over the place, but like there is some, so, you know, a lot of people talk about like, oh man, your, your life's awesome and da, 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 but it all comes with trades. Like yeah. traveling's amazing. I love growing pot. <laughs> I love smoking pot. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, and I love all these things that I do and I've created, I've created this lifestyle and I, and I, because it's with, with intention because it's what I want and it's what I want in a life. But there's some part of me that's super, super jealous of those people that had the lifelong relationships. And I still have relationships with a lot of these people, but it's, it's different, you know? Yeah. And I understand, but I will say one thing that I think is a benefit is sometimes you get caught in the momentum of the people around you. And if sometimes there's negative momentum around you, it can make it harder to grow. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why I do feel like I need to become unmired and I need to pull up my roots and to really get out and have experiences, meet new people, um, experience new ways of thinking, experience new ways of living, build new relationships yeah. and, and really allow myself to become more flexible 
and become more resilient. Kind of like we were talking earlier about those animals that you've seen in the desert. Yeah. Like to be a person who is more resilient, more capable. I was trying to explain this to a friend. I had a friend say I was selfish because of my decision to try to, to, to want to, to move. Yeah. And it's true. It's not. Well, it it, is, it it is, is. and it isn't. It's true. I'm doing it 100% for me because I want to see this growth. But it's also so that I have more of me to invest in those people oh, around yeah, me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I do decide that it's time for me to invest in a community or the people that I've decided that I'm going to invest in no matter what, no matter where I'm at, yeah. those people get a better version of Mitch because of the experiences that I'm hopefully going to have over the next five or six years, however long it lasts, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that was a, that's, was a harsh reality for years. Like as I started to move away, you really, it's like this, like, kind of overused cliche line of like you really learn who your friends are but it is a point of like you really learn like how com- like if it does fall apart then like um how invested was that person really in you you know and, and then it really makes you understand uh, changes your views of just relationships in general and like understands which ones are actually important and stuff but uh, yeah i get what you're saying though but it's i like, get what you're saying too i'm like n- now I, because of this I'm a super adaptable. I can, I almost thrive when I'm uncomfortable. Like, um, some of my funniest and like fondest memories are being like in this place. I'm lost. I don't speak their language. I have no idea. Like I'm almost worried. And like, I look back at those almost with fondness now. It's like, because once you do those things, it's like, Oh cool. I'm lost in the U S whatever it, I speak their language. I can, mm-hmm. what a, I always figure it out, you know, it's, and so it's like these, like you were talking about earlier, it's like you watch your friends do it and like you you see that you're capable of doing these things. It's like, it almost makes these things that seemed out of reach so tangible now. And it's like, oh, if I could do that, then this becomes easy. And so like, I kind of almost try to put myself in position. There's almost like, uh, you saw the video of me on Christmas Day jumping in the ocean. Yeah. I did not want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate cold water. <laughs> I hate being cold in general. Um, I do not, I, like, I, I didn't want to, like, I put it out on the internet. Like, I put a, po- a poll out, like, who wants to see me do this? Because I knew exactly what the answer was going to be. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to see my stupid ass jump in the ocean <laughs> while it's freezing cold. And I did that for accountability of, like, and I, I'm walking out there and I'm thinking, like, I have to do this, but fuck, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want, I didn't have to, I could have bit, I could have bitched out. Like in my mind, I had to. You got to get cold. You got to get wet. You're going to get dirty. And I'm going to, and my whole thing is like, it's not going to kill you. Right. It's just going to be uncomfortable. Right. It's going to be really, really uncomfortable. And there's almost like, so now I almost find myself trying to put myself in these uncomfortable positions because it does like spar growth. But as I get older, I almost kind of want to draw in and like settle. I do want to settle down now. I do want to, um, you know, there's an end to growing. Um, and it's, uh, it's an end that's in sight, you know, I don't know if it'll be a year or two years or three years or whatever. I totally disagree. It'll be a different type of growth. It'll be more. No, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Growing marijuana. Oh, <laughs> sorry, 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 I sorry. See what you're saying. We call ourselves growers, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we grow. Like when uh, I see, yeah, sorry, sorry. I totally get it now. Yeah, you see an end in sight to this current way of living that you've built up to this point. And so, like, I do find myself like I do want to, um, I do want to kind of get. I've been 
perpetually single for most of my adult life, uh, chronically single as, <laughs> as, uh, Jade puts it. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been pretty damn single and I've been pretty disconnected. I've had, I've, it's afforded me the ability to literally at any given moment. And I've, I live pretty minimal, so I could literally put all my stuff into a truck at any given moment and go anywhere I want at any time with no obligations to anybody. You know, I don't have a, I haven't had a girlfriend or a wife or kids or even a dog. I've had zero commitments. And so it has afforded me that, but like I am getting more into like the nesting. Like I do want to have a house and I do want to like build like a permanent place with the option to be able to do those things. Right. Yeah. You don't want to shut those doors. You're opening up up a new chapter. Yeah. Which is why when I thought you were talking about personal growth, I was like, nah. Yeah. It'll just switch. And then what it'll also be, it'll be like, you will then now have all of these experiences and all of this understanding that you can then give to other people around you. You'll be able to invest because that's another thing that's become more obvious to me. It's like, what is this? What community? The community of people around you is the most important thing. Yeah. And that's, that is also something I think about a lot is like, eventually I will settle. Where's everybody else going to settle? Yeah. It's weird. And I don't know. And it's just. And so that's where I'm at now is that once I'm done with, I live on the farm. Mm-hmm. And so once I'm done with the farm, I could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like once again, I have no obligations to anybody. So I could literally go anywhere. So like I'm in this kind of like planning mode of trying to figure out like, where do I want to like spend the rest of my life? Like. Or at least just the next big chapter, next big oh, yeah, chunk. Probably of it. next five to ten years. Yeah. Um, but for someone that I kind of fell into, I didn't fall into growing or uh, farming. I I did intentionally, but I didn't um, think I'd be doing it for this long. And it's the longest thing I've done ever in my adult life in terms of like being in one place and being super committed. Um, I mean, I guess I do have a degree, so there was like that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like kind of hunting for this next place. And it's just like, I don't know. I think I have major commitment issues or something because it's like it, I almost like have a panic attack thinking about that. Um, I'm actually thinking about Arizona though. It's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful place. I've man. heard great things about it. Yeah. And it's warm. I like, yeah. warm. I like warm. Well, it's not always warm. It gets cold in Arizona. You can ski in Arizona. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Flagstaff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've got it. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's probably like eight or 9,000 9, feet in elevation in Flagstaff. Wow. Actually, yeah. you know what? I think I've heard that before now that I think about that. Because uh, Casper, the movie Casper. Okay. <laughs> they, I think, but whatever. I mean, you could, you know, Colorado, which is one of the biggest skiing states in the U.S., you can take one step and be in Arizona from yeah. Colorado. Yeah, so that like, makes sense. So, but the first time I ever thought about Arizona was like deserts, hot deserts Tempe. all year. Yeah, all the way. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like the north part's pretty cold. So it's a, it offers this like beautiful medium. And even when it's like Phoenix gets cooler, but it doesn't ever like, I don't think it snows. I got a bunch of friends in Phoenix. So they'll be like, definitely correct me if I'm wrong on this. <laughs> but like it gets cold and chilly, but it's not, it's not. Yeah, and cold sucks. Yeah, but dry cold. That's the beauty of it. Dry, oh, yeah. dry cold is way different. Yeah. You'll hear people talk. Same thing with heat. Yeah. You'll be hearing talk. I, I don't know if you've, you haven't spent much time out on the West, I don't think, but like Mm-mm. dry heat is so much better. Yeah. I don't, honestly, I think the thing that would 
I'll probably never, I won't live in Kentucky for a long time. I will never probably permanently settle in Kentucky anymore or in, in the South in general. And it's not because it's the South. I love aspects about the South, but, um, it's because the humidity, mm-hmm. I, I'm over humidity. Mm-hmm. That shit's trash. It's <laughs> fucking, I'm t- I used to take showers, hop out of the shower. I'm like, this is, I'm sticky again. This is so annoying. You know, when yeah. you get, when you get, when it's 105 degrees, like it's, it's been 105 degrees on my farm before you sit in the shade and it's manageable. Yeah. If it's 105 degrees with 80% humidity, oh, yeah. it is like you can't breathe. Yeah. You can literally feel the moisture in your lungs. It hurts. I don't think I'll ever live on the East Coast again. But I've been, I've been like, I've done that exact same thing where you hop out of the shower and it was hot shower. Yep. And then you start sweating again. Yeah. Instead of like the water drying off of you, yeah. you just start sweating. I'm like, I'm sweaty. I'm, you're right. You're sticky again. Yeah. It's terrible. But I had to like almost relearn in just that like, so you don't really, sw- you sweat when it's super dry, but you don't feel the sweat. It's mm. evaporating as it comes out. So you don't ever get crazy sweaty. Sometimes it like collects on your shirts and stuff. But, um, and so it's like, you'll get super easily dehydrated. Mm, that makes sense. And so, because you're just constantly evaporating, evaporating, evaporating. And then, and it, which is what it's supposed to do. So it's supposed to evaporate. That's how it cools you off. Yeah. You know, but, um, you get like, I mean, there's times on the farm where I'm drinking like, like gallon and a half to two gallons of water per day. Because it's just like, yeah, yeah. And that's just maintaining. And you probably get that feeling like when the air is dry, like where your skin feels dry. Mm-hmm. Do you have to like, do you have to, do you take that into consideration or do you like moisturize or just about how much water you're consuming? Uh, oh yeah. So for me, it's just water. That makes sense. I'm terrible at taking care of my skin. Me too. I'm terrible at taking care of myself. <laughs> Look at me. It's obvious. Stop. It should be obvious. Stop. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's. I'm really bad. That actually was one of my goals last year for New Year's. I don't really set New Year's resolutions. Like I need to get a skincare routine, you know, like, and I haven't done that. I've been absolutely terrible about it. But anyways, the heat is still manageable out there. It's way better. It's, um, I don't know. I think I lost track. What were we doing? Well, we're talking about where you want to settle down. Like, oh yeah. In Arizona. Arizona is it's really high on the list. Yeah. I, think. I think it leads us to like the next obvious thing and kind of like the conclusion of this conversation, but it's like 2020 was a bitch, but it ends t- tonight. Yeah. Unfortunately, the problems don't just stop with no, it. Of course not. Yeah. We all know that, but, but with each new year, there's always that opportunity of change. Like it opens up, like it's a, it's, it's just an event that signals a rebirth of a year. Yeah. So like, what do you feel like 2020 is going to look like for you? It's going to be a, a 2021, 2021, excuse me. Yeah. What 2021 is going to look um, like. Well, lot, lot, lots of change based off what you were telling me earlier. We have more motivation now to do better than ever because we kind of got to recoup losses. Yeah. So we're trying to go big as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to, I'm trying to grow more than twice what we grew last year and uh, yeah, invest that money. Finally, I've been really bad about collecting money. And trying to like, I wanted to create a nest egg, but now it's like, I've got a comfortable amount of money saved to the side. They're like now I need to start making that money work for me instead of just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And so that's really my biggest goal. Fucking blow it up on the farm, <laughs> grow lots and lots and lots of pot. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm always, I feel like a, yeah, both me and you are, are 
And I, I'd say a lot of our friend group from high school are just constantly trying to improve themselves. Yeah. So Dave specifically, like mm-hmm. I can definitely speak for Dave and, and Jake and stuff. It's like, yeah, you got to like just more, just improve myself in general. Well, the world is changing around us so quickly. Yeah. It's not like our parents where like you could settle down into a job and work it for 30 years and expect you got to grow. You got to yeah. adapt because yeah. you don't know what five years from now is going to look like. And so we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. I'm currently supposed to be setting in Colombia, going to Spanish school and getting really tatted up. Like yeah. I, I was, I had like 50 hours of tattoos planned for this winter. And, but COVID kind of just changed it all. It doesn't yeah. make sense to go because I could, everything's closed. Um, and it's like, because I, w- I don't want to do Spanish school and not be able to talk to people. Like, no, uh, like I wouldn't, the only way to get good at Spanish is li- for me specifically is to immerse myself in it. So I have to learn and then go use it. Like you like learn, spend an hour of learning and it takes me like five hours of speaking, speaking to people for it to all click and settle in. So like learning Spanish is probably one of my biggest goals. Like I know I'm not fluent in Spanish. I can have a conversation in basic Spanish, but I'm never, I can't talk ideas. You know, I could ask you what your favorite color is. Gotcha. I, could tell you, you, I could tell you where the store is. I could, you know, tell you about my life. You don't think in Spanish yet. No, I did have one dream. Ooh, that's cool. One dream where I did speak in Spanish and it was like basic, but it was like, <laughs> I woke up and was like, oh shit, yeah. Like that's like the start. When, right. when you dream in Spanish, that's when you're fluent. Right. And I'm, but I'm not fluent and I'm losing it. You know, I dated a girl that didn't speak English. She only spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. She was Argentinian. And so I learned all my Spanish from her. And it was just, and that's why I say it's like takes way more of like, I had to learn. Like I was, I didn't take, ever take any classes, but it was like all of it. And then you just, when you're around it, you hear people, um, using words over and over and over. So then you look up that word and mm-hmm. you learn it, you know, but, but yeah, that's it. So, um, grow lots of fucking pot, learn more Spanish and invest my money better. That sounds awesome. What about you? What's it? You lose weight. That's I'm number try one. To lose weight. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to you about this. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but it doesn't really fucking matter. I'm about yeah. to, most likely I'm going to quit gonna, my job. Okay. I was going to ask. I, okay. I'm not a hundred percent. I mean like yeah. there's, there's a very small, chance a situation that I will talk to you about off the podcast where I might stay employed by this company yeah but regardless I'd say probably four months from now I won't be living in Kentucky and I don't know when I will be again living in Kentucky so we we were like it's the Sarah's gonna do travel nursing she starts our first contract in within the month Um, but the first one she's gonna do we're gonna stay living here it's really that one mainly is all about that cash flow she can get paid a buttload of money we can take a bunch of that money and invest it in. We got to mm-hmm. buy a truck. We're, we got to buy a fifth wheel. We've pretty much got the fifth wheel. We're ready to go there. Um, we don't want to have to borrow money on the truck. We want to be able to buy in cash. Oh, so, hell so yeah. like, I support that. So we should be able to do that after this uh, round of travel nursing. Are you, gonna, are you just going to buy a truck and get it fitted for a gooseneck or the fifth wheel? Yeah. So um, you can, when the fifth wheel, you can do a gooseneck uh, hitch or you can do but you have to buy a converter yeah, um, or you can just buy the fifth wheel hitch. So it'll just depend on what we end up, what ends up being most of cost effective yeah. really. So like if we can buy a truck that already has a gooseneck, yeah. we can buy that uh, adapter mm-hmm. and then boom, we'll be good to go. But if we buy a truck that doesn't already have a hitch, we'll probably just buy a fifth wheel hitch. So we don't have to also buy an adapter. Okay. Are you, do you have an idea what truck you want? <sighs> we need something that's like, 
three quarter ton oh, yep. or bigger. Uh, but we're probably wanting to be in like the three quarter ton area. Mm-hmm. So like really Ram, the 2500s yeah, are Rams where are we're awesome. looking right now. Rams are awesome. And uh, Sarah's dad has a similar vehicle. It's in great shape. It's his is a dually. We'd probably prefer to have a dually just because of the security of having the extra surface area. Uh-huh. On the, but I've never really even pulled anything before. So Sarah's pulled her Luckily the, the truck trailer. The fifth wheel will be a little easier. Yeah. Then yeah. Pull, I, well, I, that's true. I pulled boats. I yeah. pulled boats before, but not a ton. Just like a little bit. And Do you know how much uh, the fifth wheel weighs? It's like seven, eight thousand. Ah, uh, it, it's de- but that's around. Okay, that's around. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it depends. And also, mm-hmm. you have tanks yeah. of water. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we'll have to be taking into consideration whether or not. But the thing about the fifth wheel for us. What do they call it? GZSWC or something? Some gross weight. Yeah. There's, like, a loaded weight and an unloaded it, like weight. Like a wet weight. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, but luckily, we won't be moving that a ton. We'll be moving that once every yeah. 13 weeks. yeah. Once every thirty, and she's comfortable months. driving big trucks, and yes, and I'm gonna have to get comfortable driving big trucks. Yeah, yeah, and which I definitely am excited about doing, and I'm looking forward to just the challenge of that. I love my Tacoma. It's not. It's nice because it's super. It's long. It's the one of the longest Tacomas you could have. Mm-hmm. It is the longest Tacoma because it's got a double cab and a six foot bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's skinny, and it's mm-hmm. so nice. It's so nice, but. Yeah, I mean, like on the farm, I mean, I'm used to big trucks. So the farm was like, we have a V, there was like one time I was driving a V10. Wow. Yeah, it was just massive, yeah. just fucking. And did you drive large machinery there too, I imagine sometimes? Like, uh, but no, you really did a lot of the work. Y'all did a lot of the work by hand, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, every now and then they'll get, uh, we'll hire people to run dozers mm. and uh, excavators and stuff for us. But generally, it's like when you're hiring somebody to do that, you're, you need somebody super skillful. I don't right. know. I know nothing. I've right. never been in this. Well, that's what I was going to ask because yeah. I was going to say it, it takes a lot of time to learn to, yeah. to oh, yeah. use that heavy machinery. So I'm looking forward so to that travel. challenge. We're definitely going to do some traveling. Um, you better be out there do some hiking, man. That's oh, you're talking I about do losing so some, much hiking. And that's like the funnest way to lose weight. Yeah. Because you get to see things. You yeah. get to learn things as you go. We went when we were in Asheville. Um, we hiked up to this, it was like this old estate that this guy had built. He was like a wealthy doctor and he'd built in like the early 1800s. So it, it sort of had running water, but it came from a stream. Okay. It didn't have electricity or anything like mm-hmm. that. And it, it was like, it was a type of running water that came from a stream. So it yeah. wasn't like a faucet or a yeah. sink or anything like that, but it had burned down. Um, but for a while he had had this estate up there and he had specifically built it to where it could only be reached by foot. So you had to walk like 45 minutes by foot just to get to it. What's it called? Uh, Snakehead, Snakehead Ranch, I think is what it was called. I don't know if I know that one. I used, well, I told you, I used to live out there. So I've done some yeah. of those hikes and stuff. But And uh, it was just really, really cool. And then you get up there and you get to see like the foundation. And then also it's all grown back in. Mm-hmm. But it's obvious where they had like terraformed the place. And like they had a place like this used to be a tennis court. And you're like, oh shit, like yeah, this used to be a tennis court. Asheville's a cool place, huh? Yeah. It's a fucking little cool town. Yeah. I think we would like to, there's some spots in, uh, I can't remember the name of the hospital there. Union Hospital, maybe? Uh-huh. Mission Hospital is okay. what it's called. Mission Hospital. Sarah has looked at opportunities for us to stay there. So I think we want to try to stay in warm places in the winter. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go up north in the summertime when that's a possibility. Hell yeah. You definitely do that. Um, but another cool thing about it, 
is you can take about you can take a month between assignments. Ooh. So there'll be opportunities for us to go wherever we want to go. That's nice. And so Sarah has done she's done like big trips in South America. Um, nothing like what you've done where she's like, you've really been immersed, but like she's hiked in Patagonia. I mean, yeah, I've seen those pictures. That's yeah. pretty fucking amazing. I want to see some of those things. I want to see those. I want to see real mountains. Mm-hmm. I want to see lakes that are crystal clear, yep. blue greens at the bottom of like these. I want to see the Lord of the Rings. I want to have a Bilbo Hell Baggins yeah. experience. I want to hike to Mount Doom. I want to hike through the, the, the spider filled forests, And I want to come out the other side of that experience a better person. So for me, it's also about personal growth. Uh, you know, not all those who wonder are lost. Yeah. You know, that's from, that's Lord, what I, yeah, you know, that's from, course, Lord, yeah, yeah, that's what I figured, but it's been hijacked by like the lamest travelers in the yeah. world. Not all those who wonder are lost. Yeah. Where's that from? Uh, it's a quote. Yeah. <laughs> from who? It's like, uh, what Gandalf wrote it to the elves, right? Mm, is that what it is? Is I it Gan- I think Gandalf wrote it to the elves. Not I all those who so. wonder are lost and not all that glitters is gold. And it's like a start of a poem from Lord of the Rings. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'll nerd out on some Lord of the Rings. I, I love Lord of the Rings too. Um, but yeah, I New love Zealand. epic fantasy. Yeah, oh, that, that's, I want to go to New Zealand. But that's so what you bad. mean with Lord of the Rings, right? Like a lot of it was filmed in. Oh, tons of it was yeah. filmed. But what I mean is like, I want to have my version oh, I get you. I of get Bilbo, you. Baggins, Bilbo Baggins' Exodus. Yeah. Yeah. I really think, I really identify with The Hobbit a little bit more than I identify with Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> So I think Bilbo more than I think Frodo, to be honest. But uh, I'll, be, I, I'll be the ranger. Beautiful, yeah. Aragorn. Yeah. I, I want to just have, I want to tr- explore Yeah, as much as I can and whatever is in my realm of possibility for me to get out and see new places and, and, and meet new people yeah. and have new experiences and, and hopefully come out the other side of it like I was saying, a more capable person more, with more to invest in the places where I do decide to settle down. And I want to also kind of be fluid so I can keep my eyes open and be like, where did, where can I go that's close to all my favorite people? Yeah. Because there are people whom I love that like I want to be close to and who I, I know like the energy that comes from those people has been some of the best energy that I've experienced in my life and mm-hmm. I love them. And, uh, I don't know. The 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 opportunities are endless. Man, I say you're off. I say you're going in a great direction right now. I'm excited now. about it. I'm a little it. biased because, you know. Right. It's my lifestyle, you know, yeah. but like man, there's n- nothing that's taught me more mm-hmm. than like going out and being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm excited about it. But dude, thank you so much for coming back over and dude, telling that story. Always. Best story that's ever been told on the podcast. I don't I'll yeah. say that's why I'm, I'm going to go out and say it. I say next time we take a heavy dose of edibles. Yeah. Let's and do that. Get a group of us. and oh, just, oh, we got to do a group for sure. We got to do a group. I mean, we'll just talk about who we want it to be. Yeah. We'll who, talk about who, the, who would you want it to be? Um, I don't know who's, who does edible. I mean, with the oh, group, we'd have to do it with a group. We don't have to do it. I would rather do it as a group. Okay. It's more fun though. If everybody's in the same spot and you're all going through the same bullshit at the same time. I mean, Dave was supposed to hit me up. <clears throat> Dave was supposed to hit me up. We were supposed to hang out. We actually did talk to be fair after the, I think he, I think y'all talked about me in the podcast and then he hit me up after the podcast. He should have. I hope he did. Yeah. Um, but we're supposed to hang out, but they, I mean, really anybody, I I mean, all the Chris Berry for sure. Mm -hmm. I'd love to have him over. I've been, me and him need to hang out. Um, 
before I head out. He's he's like the person that hits me up every time I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And then um, he's the best about that. He's the he's, chron- he's a chronologer. Yeah, he's the he's like that kind of linchpin that holds all those yeah. groups of people together. Man, anybody really anybody from our high school class that you still Michelle hang out Johnson. With. We got to get that. Fuck yes. Yeah. Me and Michelle used to be such good friends. I, know. I, I know. miss her so much. She's and the best. We haven't talked in so. She's got oh so much going on. Yeah. Like she's such a badass mom too. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but she's like the most caring person I like ever met in my entire life. She used to call me my my name's. Middle name is Wayne. Mm-hmm. She used to call me Christopher Wang Young. <laughs> and she was like the only person I was, she, she could always call me Christopher Wang Young. I still, I think to this day, oh man, I'd really have to go look for that. I think to this day, I still have a poem that she wrote me freshman year, like our first class. And that's beautiful. Yeah. She told me she was an empath. She told me yeah. that she could feel what other people feel. And I could see that. I've met other people who have said that before. I don't have that. No. Not as, not as fully, I no. think, as what they're describing it. She's one of the best. I would, yeah, she. I'm down to have. Cool. Yeah. Let's make it happen, brother. We'll talk about it later. Sure. Yeah. But I, I appreciate this so much. Thank you so much. I love oh, you. Yeah, man. Love you too, dude. Bye, dude. See ya. So there it was, ladies and gentlemen. What an episode. I want to thank Chris for being on the show. You're awesome. Thank you so much. That was maybe the best episode that I've made so far. Thank you for helping with that. You're the man. For those of you listening who know me personally, holler at me if you want to hear more about the details about me and Sarah. Uh, Since this conversation was recorded, we have actually bought a fifth wheel. And Sarah starts her first travel job soon in Tennessee. Uh, So it's really exciting. Those of you listening who are wondering what will happen to just friends, don't worry. I'll still be creating content and sharing it through the same avenues as before. Uh, The website will be expanding to incorporate new projects, but I'll still contribute to just friends as often as I can. And if you guys are one of those like random people listening in India or wherever else, um, first off, if you guys are real and aren't VPNs, you guys are the bomb, but you don't know anybody on these episodes anyway. So just keep checking out the stuff that I'm sharing and uh, it won't feel much different for you guys anyway, I imagine. So uh, just keep watching the Facebook page and especially the website as it starts to change over the next few months. And most importantly, take care of yourselves and the people around you. And don't forget to check back in for the next episode of Just Friends. I love you all. Bye. Bye.